0: Amen. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay and his NB Episode number 66. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of A Gay and His NB, the podcast where we talk about all things that we are watching on television this week. Uh, we're so excited to get into more things Real Housewives, but before we do any of that, uh, we have some brief housekeeping notes to get out of the way. First, the first being that wherever you're listening to us, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever it may be on the podcast platform, Diaspora, uh, you just need to please if you can leave a rating and a review uh, because it is so helpful to us it helps us get into the algorithm it helps us get seen by more and more people it gives us much important feedback that we love from you guys uh, of what you want to see on this podcast. So if you can take the time right now, pause, give that rating and review, come on back, and we would really, really appreciate it. Uh, Also, you can follow us on our social media platforms at again is and and that's across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Threads, where we're posting new clips of the podcast. We're posting uh, our instant thoughts on things that we're watching, new stuff all the time over on our social media platforms. And like I mentioned it's all at A Gay and His Enby. Uh, you can also get merchandise from us over at A Gay and His Enby.threadless.com, where we have a variety of different designs that you can get on a variety of different items, including t shirts and mugs and stickers and everything in between. Um, they're really great designs that we hope that you can rep, um, and you can get them over at A Gay and His Enby.threadless.com. Once again, that's A Gay and His Enby.threadless.com. And finally, if you have a question that you would like, us to answer on a future episode of the podcast you can submit that across the social media platforms that i mentioned or at again is gmail at gmail.com be sure to leave your name in there uh, and we may answer it on a future episode of the podcast babe this is a housewives edition of againisnb is MB. what are the shows that
1: we are talking about this week well uh, we already talked about uh, real housewives of potomac that was on episode uh, 65 uh, so go check that out um, but the rest of the housewives are right here on this episode we're going to be talking about real housewives of Beverly Hills where where Kyle uh, aren't we, are
0: we not going to be talking about that because my god we were I mean
1: Kyle is a hypocrite again <laughs> spoiler I mean she's been that since season one so I don't know why we're surprised if you were but...
0: adverse to us being uh, sluttons for Sutton uh, I would suggest that that might not be the segment for you because we're kind of Fully Team Sutton.
1: And there are chapter markers. You can skip that section. (laughs) But please don't. But please don't. Because I
0: think think we have great points and we will make them.
1: Oh, yes. Probably several times. Um, uh, We're also going to be talking about uh, Real Housewives of Miami. Oh, Lord. (laughs) God.
0: Just the week of just terrible people. Like, just like, not a good week for just like, um, brunette white women or not white women but brunette uh lighter skin women at the very least just being terrible I, just, honestly
1: and dense really dense i, I anyway <laughs> i i'm we'll get there we will get there but before we talk about any of that bullshit <laughs> let's talk about real housewives of salt lake city
0: we'll talk about some bullshit but a little
1: colder (laughs) a little bit colder cold Uh, bullshit
0: yeah uh salt lake city for this week uh man we'll get to i mean this was actually a pretty like heavy episode at parts but also like a big like up and down roller coaster in many ways and uh yeah. Salt Lake is I will say Salt Lake is becoming a really good season. Like like I've I've been
1: invested every week. There's not been a dull episode. And honestly, it's finally moving out of that parody zone. Yeah. Where it like if you go back and look at season one, it really does look like an SNL sketch of what Housewives is. Mm-hmm. It's it's so like ham fisted. But now it really has evolved into kind of its own thing. And, like, I, I actually believe some of these. I think yeah. they're just weird. I I think <laughs> that's why they weren't believable at first. I
0: think it's just because, it, I mean, but that's Salt Lake City for you. you yeah. Know, like, there's some weirdos there. Sorry. Anyone left a from Salt Lake. Um, yeah. So we start the episode and Heather is arriving at Angie's house uh, to just have charcuterie and sort of, like, Wine and talk about things um and so they're basically decompressing from the pioneer uh event um heather basically being like and again this continued the sort of like heather being in this weird sort of space where it's like i don't really understand why she's not getting what was happening I, but i mean I, I, other than her just utter devotion to lisa
1: i i think it's more utter devotion to her being not aligned with the bad guy yeah and so she's just going with the group because she wants to be accepted yeah that that's the only thing that makes sense to me
0: heather's like when when did it go left like when lisa kicked monica off her wagon yes heather that's where it went left like because she like lisa ranted about how she didn't respect women and was like a a mean like and
1: then when monica stood up for herself all of a sudden she was the bad guy
0: yeah because then angie then goes I mean, she, you know, Monica. You know, she came with the insults as usual, and then Heather's like, and then she
1: just shut down. It was like weird. What? What? Monica came with the insults because Lisa ordered them. She pulled up her phone, opened up, opened up Uber Insults, and <laughs> Monica yeah. was the one that delivered them. She delivered delivered them to her doorstep and said, "These are the insults you specifically asked for." Right. Like. I'd like my tip now.
0: And so, and then Heather lays out her confessional. She's like, it's just so weird with Monica. It's like, you know, I have these, you know, we these fun moments, and then you have like these really intense, like angry moments, and then these moments where she just like completely shuts down. She's starting to remind me a lot of Jen.
1: And I'm like, absolutely not.
0: Like, but here's the thing Jen would do those things, but she would do them just like for no reason like like she was so erratic for just absolutely no fucking reason
1: it's so wild because heather has really this season i thought matured into a pretty like insightful person right and then there this whole thing is like did you get a lobotomy like what happened well she
0: says also she's like i've been burned and i want to learn from my history and not make the same mistakes again and it's like i think you think you're not making the same mistakes but you are in a way because while yes you're not you know trying to avoid someone who like like, let's give her the benefit of the doubt let's say she that monica genuinely reminds her of jen or whatever like let's say that's the case it 's one thing to then avoid that person, but your the issue with your friendship with Jen was also your devotion to her and sort of your like subservience to her and you 're doing that here with Lisa just because it 's not Jen just because it 's not a personality necessarily like Jen, even though I think Lisa maybe has a very similar personality in certain regards as well like
1: it 's like we we have talked about this um mutual ex friend <laughs> um, who, um, had an abusive ex, um, a narcissistic abusive ex. And when it moved on to her, then like starting like friendships with new people, um, when, you know, someone is being genuinely kind, she saw it as love bombing. Right. Because that's how her brain had been trained. That if you are seeing affection from someone that is new, that's love bombing. That person's a narcissist too. It's like you start tilting at windmills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, And that's trauma. And I I get that. And I, I think that part of that's what's happening with Heather is that she is tilting at windmills now. She saw someone shut down. And she thought it was a manipulation tactic instead of a legitimate, I'm shutting down because I'm exhausted. Right. Because you have beat me down to where I have nothing left to give you anymore. And so I'm shutting down to preserve myself. Yeah. Like, that's what was happening with Monica. Well, also, that never happened with Jen. Well, Jen I, only ever did that to manipulate.
0: Yeah, but I also find it so odd that she's like, I don't understand Monica's shutting down portion. It's like, have you been conditioned to such a place in where you just fight like this and then, like, you just move on? Like, you yeah. just store it? I mean, she says it pretty much explicitly, like, just store it away and move on. And it's like, okay, but, like, that's not normal? Like, Yeah. I, I, well,
1: and, and I was discussing this at work today. It's, like, a lot of the toxicity that people, like, exhibit today, like, in in their present, yeah. right, are actually coping mechanisms that they needed to deal with yesterday. Right. And so they have overstayed their welcome and now need to be deconstructed and put away um, because you don't need that coping mechanism anymore, but you're still using it.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Right? It's like somebody comes at you and you start, like... If someone's been attacked, right, in their house, and they fight back, and then, you know, someone comes in to, like, after that person is either gone or dead or whatever, and the person's still, like, traumatized sitting there, like, with a knife in their hand, right, and someone comes in to help them, then they start slashing at the person that's there trying to help them. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, yeah, that's an overstayed coping mechanism. You were lashing out. You were in the middle of trauma, right? Right. But you need to put the knife down now. You're not in danger anymore. Right. You need to put the knife down and accept the help. <laughs> like, Heather, move on.
0: Yeah. And Heather basically tells Angie, like, you know, I'm sure I'm going to see her at, like, Meredith's jewelry event. And, Mer- and uh, Angie goes... I mean the one that I'm not invited to, which I'm fine with. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think you are <laughs> at all. But like again, the fact that Angie's still not being invited to these, sh- I love Meredith. It's like we made up. I'm still not inviting you
1: places. <laughs> I think Meredith is still operating under the nah. That bitch is a friend of. I don't have to invite her. Maybe
0: sure. It's like okay, we got through our storyline with your your little cute little friend of storyline. But
1: like right now, you can be written off for the rest of the season. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, we then go uh, to Whitney and Justin, who are in the car. They're just coming back from, I guess, a therapy session. Also, in in matching Gucci t-shirts, which I was like... That's a choice. Nah, I, I, I wasn't a fan. <laughs> to be fair. like uh, Matching anything, but also matching
1: Gucci, it was like, okay, come on. The most we will ever get to matching is color-coordinated. Yeah. But that is usually because we're going to a nice something or another sure and there's like gonna be pictures and it's like okay well if you're taking pictures as a couple you need to be not in contrasting outfits
0: if i'm a therapist i'm like this is already a
1: red flag right this is some codependency bullshit that y'all need to work through
0: and uh, (laughs) whitney is then talking about like the therapy session like how it went and she's just like when we were talking about finances and bills and how I handle that, and he's like, "Don't have that conversation." It's like, is the therapist stirring the pot or helping us? And I love—it's so Whitney-brained to where she's like, "No, I think the therapist is like man- being manipulative because she th- she does that with all her castmates, right?"
1: <laughs> like she's, but like you realize that the point of a therapist is to bring up shit you don't want to talk about right. and make you talk about it,
0: or and to guide the conversation, like. right? You, there, there's no like what is his ulterior motive Whitney like come on <laughs>
1: he's not even on camera like yeah. y'all were at least smart enough to not put your therapy on camera yeah true because a lot of that shit like happens on camera and it is toxic as fuck but
0: also I don't always think that you can
1: get successful therapy when it's being filmed I don't think so either
0: I think it's it's it's, it's creates this like expectation that where you well, have
1: well to... it's almost always done as a as a way to craft a narrative yeah i mean we saw the that with drew and dick wad on yeah. on atlanta yeah
0: i don't mind it if it's like you did you went to real therapy and you're maybe like recreating it after the fact but it's right. like you know it's it's not it's not healthy to sort of like have that camera be like over top of you if right. you're not gonna be honest Um, but, but but then it kind of turns this scene and kind of gets really sad because Whitney gets like a text in the car and basically finds out that her friend, Shari, who has been fighting cancer um, is being intubated so it's getting progressively worse and that she's basically yeah. like I, I had a conversation with her where it's like I think we're going to lose her and she's sort of reconciling with death and it's it's just really sad like it's it's and I didn't even real like I remember at her prism event they showed like a uh, like when they're like everyone's like mingling they they did the show a quick scene with shari which they kind of like emphasized and i didn't understand why at the time but like now it makes sense yeah um but yeah it's yeah it's just really sad um so i mean just losing anyone but like losing anyone that young and like you know just really really terrible stuff and, and lots of
1: cancer on housewives lately yeah it's I just <sighs> I, i'm not a fan yeah. And not that I'm not a fan of it being on there. I'm not a fan of it happening. No, I, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like, if it's
1: happening, put it on the show. But, like, fuck, this sucks.
0: And I think, like, and, and not to, like, be, like, morbid and, like, analyze it from, like, a television perspective. But, like, when you were talking before how the show feels more realer now, like, I yeah. feel like this was one of those parts that kind of made it that way because it felt very jarring of, like, yeah, this felt like real life shit, like, coming into this, like, world that we do view in a very, like funny, like,
1: like silly way. Right. Cause one second you're making fun of all of their music going, ha, 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 ha <laughs> and then the next second you've got someone who is wrestling with the idea that their best friend is probably about to die. And then like we see later in this episode, she does die. Yeah. And it's just I I was so heartbroken for Whitney. I really was. Like I just I don't know how to even, I I can't conceptualize it because it's not something I've been through. So it's just like, I, I just, my heart breaks for her.
0: And when he talks about, you know, she tells Justin, like, you know, when you look at the bigger picture, you know, us not really seeing eye to eye, you know, is it really that bad of a thing? And they kind of realize that like, you know, at least we have each other and like sort of like we as long as we're still fighting for this marriage, I want to fight for it and work through it. And I thought this was a better Conclusion to their stuff than the whole podcasting with Meredith yes. last episode. Like this, it definitely felt more. It's like, okay, you kind of woke you up a little bit and you were like, yeah you know.
1: Although, and, rumors that they are not any better or worse than they were during filming at this point is. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like, oh man. I, I really hope that they are able to get to a better place yeah. because for her to lose her best friend and then go through a divorce immediately after would be devastating. Yeah. It be so it's difficult. just I I really hope for her well-being and for the well-being of her kids and Justin even like it's just Yeah. Let's let's fix this.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, we then go to, uh, Lisa and Meredith, uh, going out for lunch. Um, <laughs> I loved Lisa's full head to toe red look that she had with the red, God, those fucking giant sunglasses. I like, hate them. I, why
1: are they a thing? they they're, they're entire windshields.
0: Yeah. It's so, it's, it shouldn't take up half of your face. It's crazy. Um, but Meredith, uh, they sit down and start eating. Meredith talks about, did you and Monica get to a place of peace? And Lisa goes, I think so. I don't even know what the issue is, honestly. Like, it's just like frustrating having a conversation with her because it just doesn't like go anywhere. I love
1: her being like, we have a place of peace. I don't know what the issue is. Like, I don't, like. We need a streamy for the accent work on this podcast. I'm just saying.
0: (laughs) Lisa's like, it's like, get some filler. Get some Botox. Fix your face. I'm at a different place in my life. I've never talked to another woman like that. And Meredith goes, neither have I. And I'm like... Bullshit and bullshit. <laughs> Both third line. <laughs> That's my thing with the Monica thing that I just like. I get Monica. Like, the, some of the critiques of Monica I get, but it's like, to me, it's like everyone does it on this show. Like, it's yeah. not like she's not any more She's like, just being vicious. more honest about it. Yeah. I don't think she's any more vicious than anyone else. um Meredith is like, I, you know, I mean, I asked you something. And she talks to Lisa about, like, did you tell Angie that I had, like, threatened her? And Lisa goes, no, like, I said that she's lucky. What's the word? I mean, it's it's whatever you said outside of the restaurant, and I'm like, Lisa Meredith doesn't remember half of what she said outside that restaurant. She was fucking British Meredith, and that's a whole new dimension of <laughs> Meredith that she she can't retain any of those memories. She was lifted, like <laughs> um, Lisa. Uh, yeah, Lisa though talks about like you know, I didn't really like you bringing up the husband and like all that stuff. You know, I wouldn't want someone saying that about you. I don't like it. Like it just feels like icky. So she's kind of. I had to rewatch this scene with Lisa and Meredith because I really lost track of what they were talking about at a certain point. It really like they, the way that Lisa and Meredith communicate is just so like, I don't, they can never stick a point. Yeah. Like it's so like broad and sort of overarching that it's like hard to follow sometimes. Um, Meredith and the professor was like, Lisa and I agree to discuss issues as they came up. So I don't know what's going on here, but it's, definitely unsettling and it's like unsettling. it's just the way she like her wording is like but she's bringing it up now like i don't i don't know um meredith then just goes I can't have this hypocritical conversation. What are you telling me is that you're going on Monica, your issue with Monica is she's playing victim to your reaction to her bad behavior. And that is called manipulation. And Lisa goes, yes, it felt manipulated. Yeah. Manipulated, And then Mary's like, that's exactly what Angie did to me. And for me, her to play victim to my reaction to her bad behavior is called manipulation and gaslighting.
1: And I'm like, okay. I'm st- this circular logic is so confusing. So, so it's basically she's like... Uh,
0: but also, I don't. Here's, with the Meredith Angie thing, it's so much more confusing because we never understood what the fucking issue was between the two of them. Like, that started the whole thing. We just knew they had issues, but it was never, like, broached. Like, it, yeah. I, I mean, it was broached at that table, but it just went crazy immediately. And then, like, um, and then uh, uh, Lisa in her confession. <laughs> You had an issue with Angie because she said she'd never be friends with someone like you. And then you took it up eight levels and said you know things about her husband, her Famale. <laughs>
1: <Her laughs> Why ba- did it go to Moira Rose at that point? But her- it was homily. But it's because
0: it's Lisa doing Meredith. <laughs> yeah. Like well, that that's a like
1: Lisa doing Meredith is Moira Rose. That is correct.
0: And that's what's and that's not what's happening with me and Monica. Monica's just being a bitch. You're being deceptive. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa then goes, there isn't stuff out there about her, though. And Mary goes, wow, there is stuff out there. Lisa then goes, just like there's stuff out there about all of us. And you were like, wait, what? Like, you just said there's nothing.
1: You can't go from literally one second going, there's nothing, to going, Well, yeah, everybody has stuff.
0: (laughs) And Mary goes, well, because, Lisa, I've been sending stuff. And then it just gets to this, like, weird crosstalk. And we're, like, she's, like, all the threats. And, like, Lisa's, like, but the intention. Like, oh, she's threatening me. I'm threatening her. It's, like, but when the intention is, it's, like, it was a cacophony. And I couldn't follow a goddamn thing they were saying at this point. Yeah. It's also, I realize the, the frustration is that, like, and it's it, it was funny for a little while, but, like, it also was really hard, like, even to decipher things when the way Lisa argues. Because Lisa doesn't, like, Lisa will cut people off mid-sentence and, like, just, like, steamroll over people with sentences
1: and just, like, she gets so... Oh, hy- you mean how Monica was talking about how it's impossible to talk to her because she won't let anyone talk? Sure. But it's, like, there's a <laughs> hyper,
0: like... We'll we'll get to it later with the thing with Whitney at the end. Yeah, there's a hyper focus on sort of like not letting anything s- move off of either her narrative or like perceptions of like where it's going to look outside of this. Like I right. think she's very I I feel like she's very clued into the cameras in certain ways yes. and how things come across. Yeah, so she doesn't live in the moment in these conversations, and it just leads to this like really like well cutting can, off you, all
1: the time okay. you can even see her cut like cut her eyes towards the camera sometimes just to check where they're at yeah
0: yeah 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 yeah
1: it, it it's been happening since season 1 she constantly does it so it's like she's like acutely aware right
0: uh lisa goes you and me you know i pumped the brakes and needed to talk to you about it and mary goes wait i'm so confused and lisa goes i mean like after palm springs like i like pump the brakes you know beep beep pump the brakes she this whole pump the brakes thing keeps like coming up like wow mary goes did you pump the brakes with angie too and lisa goes no, I didn't. And so, and Mary's like, "So you agree with Angie?" It's like, "No, I'm not. I'm not supporting Angie. No, no." She like, "Like, like <laughs> again, it's like the, she's so like on edge about everything." And then it just ends. Mary's going, "Let me make this clear. I am not the one bringing the tornado through. Nor do I feel that I need to be, because I know that karma comes back." <laughs> She really – like, it always – I love every time these conversations with Meredith happens because it always ends in the most, like, movie villain
1: monologue, like, sort of, like – Well, and it it also ends in, like, a weird platitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, some sort of, like, sage, like, menacing saying that everyone's heard, but she's going to put a twist on it. (laughs) And it's like, girl – you know I that, need you to
0: stop. You know that karma tornado. <laughs> <laughs> that very common. Oh, God. Uh, we then go over to Mary's house again because, like we said before, it's just like everyone's just like gravitating towards Mary's house as this like sanctuary. We didn't talk about it, but they did this. Um, there was some like big event for like a bunch of like housewives where it was like Kathy Hilton's house party sort uh-huh. of thing for like direct TV. And Mary was there in like a full purple, like choir robe, like sort of like vibe. And Mary basically being like, Yeah, they stopped inviting me on the cast trips and like all the events like halfway through the
1: season because I was so upset. And because we were like she did not want to be there. I don't blame them. I was like, it makes sense. Like they you you wouldn't commit to anything, really. Like Palm Springs, you spent the entire time in the Sprinter Van.
0: But in fairness, like do you, I feel like she might be really upset because Bermuda is probably much better and more her vibe than, like, do, going on Palm Springs.
1: To, she like, should have sh- thought about that when she was at McDonald's getting her filet of fish. There we go.
0: But, like, doing random, like, team-building exercises in a park and, like, shopping for, like, weird clothes
1: at, like like – in order to go on the big, pretty cash trip at the end, you have to be there for all the shitty stuff that earns you the spot at the cash trip. That's true. Like you don't get to just show up to the cash trip if you haven't been there all season. Yeah. You got to show up. You got to clock in. You got to do your work.
0: But like we said, at now Mary is sort of the home fortress where everyone just comes to her for advice. And like I actually don't mind that. Like it's kind of an interesting role of a friend of like an and interesting sort of plot device.
1: It's also kind of weird to go to this crazy lady for advice. I know, right? It's like, Why are you trusting her point of view when she is literally a cult leader? I mean, sure. She's literally an insane person. Like, I don't, like, stop it.
0: Uh, but she's having Monica over to the house for, for cake, I find her like she Mary clearly likes Monica like she oh yeah and she was defending her on that red carpet for the Kathy Hilton thing like like I find their friendship very intriguing because it doesn't feel like they are alike in which, any which way but Monica's like I'm just glad I have a friend the
1: the way that the the one thing that they do have in common is being pariahs in this group
0: that's true. And they know what that and Mary knows what that's like in certain regards. Right. You and know, that that's valid the common. Or not.
1: And and Mary, you know, you know, Monica is having false narratives put out there about her. And Mary thinks that all the narratives that are out there <laughs> about her are false. Right. Because she doesn't consider herself a cult leader. Um and and so it's just like I, I think that's the line that they're connecting on. Yeah
0: uh monica says they're professional i could have used some backup you know dressed up as a pioneer and we all know mary would have been an amazing pioneer and i'm like but mary's black she would have been didn't you hear like everything that heather said about like (laughs) how it used to run back that
1: uh, i do not want to know how that conversation would have gone if mary was the one to ask that question yeah exactly i mm, that quip would have been a lot different so like, yeah.
0: So Mary uh, cuts her like carrot cake, and the uh, Mary going, "Is the cake good?" Monica goes, "It's delicious." Did you make it? And Mary goes, "No." <laughs> like, <laughs> <and I've, laughs> just little things like that. I really love for Mary like. <laughs> um mary's basically monica asks how she's doing and mary's like yeah i'm just making sure you know that my sanity is protected and i'm really just like pacing myself with these other girls aka production stuff, inviting me on these trips basically uh, monica talks about how lisa was just really relentless against her and mary's like i mean i do feel like that you and lisa kind of you know go back and forth a lot and monica's like i'll agree with that but you know she just gets nasty that one and i love mo- monica going I'm trying to figure out like what the problem is she has with me. You know, ever since that dinner in Palm Springs, when I called her materialistic, I've just like stayed under her skin. And I'm like, I mean, yeah. Cause you called her material. Like she keeps saying, like, I don't know what happened. I just called her a materialistic person. who's like out of touch with America. And like, she suddenly doesn't like me. <laughs> like,
1: well, but it's like, but you knew that, right? Like Lisa, Lisa knew that.
0: Like, I don't it, know if she
1: did. It wasn't news to her. Like, I don't, I mean, her son certainly understands. Sure. Like America knows. Yeah.
0: Mary goes, you know, if it's going to, you know, bother, it's going to bother you to hold the grudge at the end of the day. I just think grudges like they eat at people, (laughs) which like, okay. So you're going to forgive Whitney yet? You're going to like have a conversation with Whitney. Monica just lays it out in the confessional. She goes, Mary gives great advice. Now, she may not be able to take her own
1: advice, but, I mean, those who can't do, teach. <laughs> you know what I think ruined, Lisa? What? Is everybody finding her craziness iconic.
0: Oh, and it went to her head a little bit.
1: I think she misunderstood why people found her iconic. They found her iconic because she was a problem.
0: Well, and that's there's the del- the delusion. That, right. Like, you know, beca- like...
1: Like, people are not celebrating you because you're the bastion of goodness. Right. They're they're making fun of you, honey.
0: (laughs) Sweetie, they're laughing at you. Like,
1: nobody is listening to you singing away in a manger for listening pleasure yeah they're doing it to go how listen to this stupid bitch
0: <laughs> monica tells mary like you know i'm just gonna like apologize and mary's like and you know, really mean it you can't just you know say things you know in the group and not mean it and monica goes I, yeah i mean like that's why i said that you know she's wrinkly and i meant it and mary goes but don't say that no don't say
1: that if, okay but mary you called Heather inbred. Yeah. And then repeated it to her face. <laughs> Again. And stood by the statement. And Like, you didn't say, yeah, I called you inbred and I'm sorry for that. No. You repeated it and then said, yes, I stand by that statement. You do look inbred. And it's just like... But I didn't call you a wrinkly inbred. <laughs> There's the, the difference. I, I guess.
0: <laughs> oh, God. We then go... So, we then go... <laughs> transition from that uh we then go to Whitney in her car driving and Angie and Angie calls her to to, uh wish her the condolences because Shari has passed away at this point and Whitney's very you know not knowing how to cope with it um she talks though about how she is still going to go to Meredith's uh jewelry event because that would be something that Shari would do essentially and like I mentioned like she was at her prism event like a week before essentially so but also we kind of when that came up like we were like oh god like one of like her last like Moments before she died was seeing that Lisa Monica fight. Like, that's like.
1: But honestly, <laughs> I maybe she's not a messy bitch. Maybe she wasn't that kind of person. But if it was me, I'd have been like, bitch, I got to see the most iconic bullshit maybe. ever in the history of the world that, right t- here. That's
0: true. I wonder if that also pisses Whitney off a little bit. Yeah. Like, that. I wonder if that plays into what happens later. Possibly. Uh, at least, like, in the back of her mind. Maybe like, this like could have been friends.
1: a good memory that I had,
0: the One last, of last good memories. memories
1: that I have of my best friend, and you fucking made it about you.
0: Yeah. And then you're yeah. going to continue to make it about you. Right. Um, we then see Lisa, John, and Jack uh, co-shopping at Modern Missionary Menswear, which I was like, that's a store." <laughs> the-
1: I guess in Utah.
0: Yeah. Well, and I noticed they also showed a thing of like the Joseph Smith. Brand. Like, so it's like everything's like very like. Oh, everything know.
1: is on brand.
0: Yeah. Um, which I, I love that it but it's not like, it's just like suits and like slacks and like stuff. Like, it, well, you, yeah. When you think of like missionary menswear, you think of like some sort of specific, like, but it's really just like, you're wearing a tie and like a, well, yeah, but you can't wear cl- can't wear color. Like, that's like the one, the big thing like they kept emphasizing. It's like yeah. rounds and blacks and like,
1: have you never seen a Mormon? I try in to ignore them.
0: <laughs> I'm a, I I I'm the one that just like ignores the doorbell. I st- like...
1: I still need to show you Book of Mormon.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. I haven't watched
2: that. Sorry.
1: It's um sacrilegious. Yeah. Is like um, <laughs> is the mildest description of that musical <laughs> yeah
0: but they're going through everything and lisa at one point like lisa lisa goes like i like that one like brown color pad like it can be totally like jungle chic
1: <laughs> girl
0: and literally jack is i should have just
1: came here with dad like <laughs> he's not going to a rave in the jungle that's not what's happening but
0: also i was so confused because they did have options with colors and they had like almost like a zoot suit like it's like red like striped like and Jack's like, I mean, if he's like going to Vegas, but I was like, why is that in the missionary base store then?
1: I think maybe the main colors have to be, and like, there can be like little bitty pops of color, maybe. but they have to be understated.
0: But again, like definitely yeah. not understated. <laughs> like, no. Um, uh, Jack jokes with her, well, not Jack jokes, but Jack is like, I think you need like the separation, like more than I do. And he's like, why? Jack goes you're a lot (laughs) and he's like is that a good thing i don't know if that's a good thing (laughs) i just she really is still like so
1: unaware
0: but also i love she really doesn't she doesn't have the ability to even come to terms of like why jack didn't tell her and like sort of the dynamic i get it because it's like oh it's your son and she kind of has the sort of like regular trips i still remember you when you were a baby and like all that stuff but it's like I, I th- you're never going to actually get the answer that you probably really want if you're going to be this delusional about it all yeah. the time, and that's you know, yeah. I feel bad for you in that regard. Uh, but she talks a lot about how she's proud of Jack for making this choice to serve others, and you know, be, uh, eventually, you know, whenever he gets out of Orange County, um, and then <laughs> <laughs> he's waiting on his
1: visa, amen.
0: Yeah. Uh, Lisa's like you're gonna have a hard time without me, and I'm gonna have a hard time without you. And then Jack goes, I mean, like going and like living in a poor country for two years. Like I'll come back and you'll know, be able to recognize like all the good stuff. And I, okay, but also I I found it. I didn't like that he called it a poor country. Like Colombia is not like yeah. There's nice parts of Colombia.
1: Yeah. Like I feel like in America we have this tendency to look on any country that is not majority white yeah. as a poor country yeah. it's like there there are plenty of rich brown people there are there are nations across this world that have wealth that have no white people <laughs> you, you know that wealth does not equal white people right what? Like that's that's a thing
0: like, but you know that's what like we saw that confessional with Lisa where she's yeah. like was be like, oh, he's gonna get like robbed every like you know, <laughs> it's like, oh god, it's really being passed down generationally it's, and like yeah yeah, not great, not yeah. the greatest. <laughs> we, yeah, we forget, we forget with we forget Utah is Utah sometimes on the show Utah be Utah. And um, there's... Heather goes uh with Monica to a bar before they head over to Meredith. Um. Uh, jewelry line event. Um, America or America. Heather asks Monica uh, if she's going on the vacation, and Monica's like, "Yeah, like no, I'm not gonna go." And Heather goes, "Okay," and Monica goes, "Just kidding." But look, you took that way too well, bitch. You were. <laughs> like Why you didn't were, you fight me? <laughs> fight me harder. Um, Monica tells her though, like you know, the party was really hard, and Heather's like, "I mean, like you dishing it out, you just have to take it as well." It's like. Girl, that uh, like Heather frustrates me, and it's really to no end. But Monica ends up apologizing to her. I wonder, if, I, I wonder, was
1: so upset at that. I was I, like, You didn't need to do that.
0: I wonder if it was genuine. I wonder if it was also like part of it of like just moving on, like just basically being like, Well, I gotta get on this cast trip and like figure a way out of this. Cause like,
1: I think she's just tired at this point, and she's like, I'm. I'm just going to leave people alone. And I think that she probably stays that way until we get whatever this phone call is in Bermuda. And then she's forced to fight again.
0: Yeah. Heather talks about, like, in her confessional. even though she accepted Monica's apologies, she's like, Monica's being so apologetic, but she's also known that she, you know, she's also shown that she has a dark side. I can't help that the alarm bells are, like, still going off. I can't talk today
1: for some reason. Anyways. um, But, you know, I kind of... I wonder when this confessional was filmed. That's my
0: question. If it was filmed post Bermuda, then I think this also influences certain things.
1: Right. I think that she's like trying to play into what happens in Bermuda and like set it up.
0: Did you see that Heather was like on a red carpet recently, like maybe like a day or so ago and was basically like, yeah, I don't see myself filming with Monica again. Wow. Which like, one, it's like. I'm d I am i do not like it when any of them are like I'm not filming with her. But also I don't know if it's the case of that because a lot of people assume that of like I'm gonna put my foot down and not film with her.
1: Heather doesn't have the look, when Candy did it with Phaedra, number one, it was warranted. Mm-hmm. And number two, Candy had the power to make that happen. Right. I don't Heather, think Heather, ain't
0: shit. Heather doesn't have that power.
1: Heather doesn't have that power.
0: But I wonder if it was also a statement of more like what happens at the reunion, I don't think she's gonna get brought back. I don't know, but I, I'm, I'm really fascinated. Like, the, I am genuinely fascinated as to what's going to happen at this reunion. And I'm going to be mad if she doesn't
1: get back. No, it'd be crazy. Like, it'd be crazy for them not to bring her back. In fact, I would almost rather them wipe the cast and do a new cast around Monica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, maybe if, if those were the two choices, bring this cast back without Monica, or bring Monica back with a whole new cast. I'd rather see Monica with a new cast.
0: It depends on the cast. I think like, you know, I don't know what the talent is like currently in Utah, but like – I, I
1: think have her move to Phoenix and then we'll start.
0: <laughs> I just feel like the show's like so successful right now and there's been yeah. there's been overwhelming praise for the show and there's been people being like you got the show like back. Like it's really... But it's largely due to her. That's what I mean. So it's like at a certain point if I'm the other girls, I've got to be like suck it up.
1: Like it'd be it'd be stupid to get rid of her at this point because I feel like you get rid of them or you get rid of Monica and it makes it obvious that the weak point is everyone else. Right. So then season five will be the last one.
0: Yeah. And not to say that the other people don't contribute, but I feel like Monica has been so essential to this season. Yes. Like I, I, yeah, I just would be really shocked. Um, Meredith uh, arrives to her plated by Meredith Marks event. Oh my god. And when she's telling her confessional, plated is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be affordable. It's supposed to be for people who maybe can't afford to buy fine jewelry. And then you looked at the prices and you were like 1300 to like $1,800 affordable. Like like Not so, even,
1: but the thing is, is this is stainless steel. It's not, they don't look that good. I'm going to be honest. Like it's stainless steel which i get but like number one stainless is not that expensive right and number two this is the cheap version (laughs) Yeah, exactly also what is the name implying because like the usually the name right when it comes to jewelry usually means that there's a plating on the outside which means what the middle of this Of this jewelry line, like the the actual core of the the jewelry is like the shitty ass nickel shit, right? So why? How are you? How is it thirteen hundred dollars? Exactly. How are you justifying four fucking digits? That shit should be like twelve bucks at Claire's.
0: Yeah, it looked like some Claire's bullshit. To be honest, it didn't look that good.
1: I don't understand. Uh, Maybe guess, it looks better in person. Who knows?
0: Yeah, guests uh, start arriving to the event. Heather brings Meredith the butter that she finished making from the pioneer. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith was so excited for. She was more excited for anything else that night than getting her butter. Um, I also I thought Whitney looked amazing for for someone who was like stricken by grief and like and dealing with those emotions. She looked phenomenal at this party with this like black glittery. Yeah. You know, it, it was really top. Honestly,
1: I. I will say when I'm feeling shitty is when I will turn a look the best that's, that's true. Because you've you've got there there's a certain like energy you get from looking like a badass. Yeah. And if you can pull off an amazing look, you can you can conquer the world. You can do anything. Yeah. So I, I I kind of understand that. Like, I when I look my best, it's when I'm going through some fucking shit. <laughs>
0: um, but uh, Whitney uh, tells Meredith that her sorry had passed. And Meredith, like, comforts her and really takes it ho- to heart and is really appreciative of Whitney being there and rallying. And so they kind of mended at least whatever they have going on. This, again, was also a better conclusion to their story. At the least season. put it down. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Right. At least show us that you're putting it down. Um, but like Monica's like comforting her, like Heather is when he's basically like, I'm trying to decide like if it's a good idea or a bad idea to drink. Like, I feel like Shari would, that would be what Shari would do. Um, and you were like, I don't know, (laughs) like maybe not the best. I'm like, like, have a glass of wine, a
1: glass, one glass, and then that's it.
0: Yeah. But she's talking to Heather about it, etc. And then you just hear Lisa come up go, "Hey guys. Oh my god. So like Heather's like book party was like on 420, so I'm bringing her like cannabis gifts and like just
1: kind of like she not... literally squeezed f- past Whitney. Yeah, to do this. I how Whitney didn't snatch her head off of her neck at that point, I have no clue.
0: Yeah, Whitney says they're professional. Lisa was the first person I told Shari passed for her to act like I don't even exist right now. It's hurtful. And Lisa gives eventually an explanation, which I kind of could understand, but whatever transpires past that point is like, so pointless that it's like, it doesn't matter. Um, Meredith gets up to give a speech, introducing the line. Um, She thanks (laughs) Seth uh, for being a support system. And I love the way she said, Through this process that had, you know, a lot of frustrations, he was always there for me, never stopping, never putting the brakes on. And they cut to Lisa going, like, looking to the side because, of course, her
1: saying never putting the brakes on was such a good dig. Meredith does nothing uncalculated. Yeah,
0: it's all intentional
1: everything is intentional.
0: Yeah. At one point, like Monica and Lisa are like looking at rings and Lisa with Whitney and like Lisa's like, just like talking about the rings and stuff like that. But Whitney is like still frustrated. So she basically detaches and it leaves Monica and Lisa and Monica goes, Lisa, I want to tell you something. And this is genuine. When we had our first lunch, I was really excited to have a relationship with you. And it just went so far left. I'm owning my part in that. I fight dirty and I say things that I don't mean. I respect you. You do a lot of things that I admire. You're a great mom. And Lisa interrupts and goes, oh, my God. Like, you're, like, really good at apologizing. Like,
1: <laughs> I just, I can't.
0: <laughs> and Lisa's, like, this is, the, in this is the one time I'm, like, keep talking, Monica. Like, keep talking.
1: <laughs> so, you think it being a good apology is equivalent to her just blowing smoke up your ass?
0: Oh, 1,000%. That is entirely what Lisa thinks is a great apology. I just... I,
1: that tracks, but I just can't.
0: Lisa talks about how mentions that Jack is going to Columbia, because, like, oh, my God, that's, like, where my dad's side of my family is from. And so, and she gets, like, emotional about it. She actually cries, which I, I was like, oh, God. Like, if Monica's, like, this big, like, master manipulator, she's actually really good at it.
1: Like. <laughs> she is either the the best actress that we have ever seen on Housewives, or she is genuine. And I just don't buy the first one.
2: hmm
0: but if she, if the first one is true,
1: work. <laughs> Honestly, give the bitch an Emmy.
0: Yeah. Lisa, oh, my God. The, I rolled my eyes so hard when Lisa said this. She goes, you're going through trauma from what I'm understanding. And I've had trauma with friendships. And I'm like, are you seriously compared? Like, Monica, let that slide. <laughs>
1: Too easily. This is the second evisceration that she has narrowly avoided today.
0: Yeah. Lisa's like, We're fine. We're fine, right? And Monica goes, I think so. And Lisa goes, I always have to double check. (laughs) But apparently they're fine. So they get more people are enjoying themselves at the party. And then Lisa goes to Whitney. She goes, Can I steal you for a second? And I'm like, Okay. So Lisa's like going to check on Whitney to like, you know, ask about Shari passing and sort of how she's doing. They go to the side of the bar. Lisa goes, So I had like a little lunch with Meredith and I thought the conversation was like not the best, but like, I thought we went off like fine. And Whitney just goes, I mean, I just lost my best friend and you know, life's too short. Like, forgive me. Like, I don't have the capacity to deal with that. And Lisa's like, yeah, I, do, I, I don't want to be, like, insensitive. Like, no. The, I understand.
1: <laughs> you don't want to be insensitive, so you decided instead to be insensitive.
0: The idea that that was the first thing you bring up to her. in Like, a, like why would she give a... Like, if you're going to be a... Go to fucking, like, Heather to talk about it. Like, if you really think, like, that conversation with Meredith was that important to, like, get a sounding board off of, which... The, that's the frustration with Lisa. She thinks everything's the most important thing to, like, you know, vent about. It's like talk to fucking anyone else other than the person literally grieving their best friend's death.
1: Yeah. I just, I, I don't understand how you don't walk in that room and immediately pull Whitney aside. Sure.
0: Yeah. But Monica then decides to pull them all away to uh, do like an announcement about like the, the trip. She's like, I'm excited for it. I'm gifting you all Bermuda rum. And then we have uh which are like these little like donutty, like, um, uh, items or whatever um and but monica talks about how she's really excited for the trip and that you know i'm i'm glad gonna be glad to spend time with you guys but also i'm gonna take some time on the trip to sort of reconnect with like my mother's side of the family that's in bermuda and sort of like she said something about like they were influential in like building the city like basically from the ground up or whatever so i i I don't know what she meant by that but i don't either
1: hopefully we'll get more explanation of that when they're in bermuda yeah
0: Um, and Monica, yeah, so she, like, and Heather's like, you did it, you rebounded, good job, like, again, very motherly of, like, yay, you did the right thing, sweetheart, like, okay, Heather, like... (laughs) Uh, we need to work on you. Um, (laughs) At one point, their other guests are like seeing like the boxes of like donuts or whatever. And Monica's like, "Um, yeah, so actually like those aren't for you guys. They're for like uh, my friends. We have enough for everyone. Um, Actually, now I think about it, one of the girls didn't show up today, so you can have her box. She gives her Angie's uh, (laughs) (laughs) which is great. So then Lisa then decides to then pull Whitney to the side again. And she goes, hey, Whitney, like, are you doing okay? And Whitney's like, no like, i'm not like what like and when he's like it hurts when you know, like you walk right past me and go straight to heather with gifts like oh my god heather like here's these gifts and lisa's like no no i think it wasn't like that it was-
1: <laughs> bitch it was we were
0: all here but this is where lisa instead of just like apologizing and like
1: you know be like oh i didn't i should have you know like, taking some humility, which... Or even if she said, that wasn't my intention, I'm sorry that it came off that way. She
0: sort of says that, but then she just doubles and triples down on other
1: excuses,
0: is the problem. Yeah. And she's like, I can't always keep, like, a mental calculator for, like, everything going on for everyone at all times. And Whitney in a professional goes, I've been talking to you about it for the last five days, and bitch, I texted you last night
1: like what's what 's frustrating to me about this is that she uses conflicting she has conflicting excuses right, right? that 's the thing she says at one point well i can 't be expected to remember what everybody's going through and then like three seconds later in the same conversation says, well, but i didn't want to like i didn't she's like i, I didn 't know how Whitney handles grief, so
0: i i 'm the type of person that just kind of moves on and makes thing, makes things light. And sort of, like, doesn't dwell on things.
1: So were you unaware? Were you, like, not remembering? Or were you actively avoiding it in order to give her space? Right. Which one was it? Because it can't be both. To me,
0: the other excuse about, like, not knowing her grief, I think, is a better excuse. But I think... And one, she doesn't vocalize that to Whitney. She only says it in the confessional. And I just think, like, yes, I can understand that in that moment. But when Whitney tells you otherwise, then you just apologize. Like... You don't double and triple down like this.
1: Right. Because at that point I would have said, you know, I didn't know how you were holding together and I didn't want to cause you more pain if you were just trying to distract yourself. Right. So that would have been empathetic, but that's not Lisa. Lisa.
0: Right. Lisa goes, it wasn't a lack of concern. Whitney, you're always important. And Whitney goes, you were more excited about giving Heather a gift than comforting me. And Lisa goes, no, that's not what happened. Look, I'm not a bad person. I'm a good person. <laughs> Which I think tells the story of what Lisa, where I'm saying, like, Lisa is so focused on, like, her image and, like, what the presentation is. She's like, I don't need, she's so, what like, Understanding, like, I'm going to look in this moment on this television show like I'm a bad person. And I, and her solution to that is not to apologize and to make right. It's to just reassert that she's not a bad person.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: and she she also... It's kind I of think, the Shannon Bedore effect now that I'm realizing it.
1: Yeah. Um, I think she's also realizing that now that she's come under fire for the whole... um, And before they filmed this, she had come under fire for having donated to Ted Cruz's right. presidential campaign and like lost favor with a lot of people for that. And so I think she's feeling the, the burn mm. of that, of losing some of the public favor. Yeah. And she had been riding high for two years on that. Yeah. So I think that's really what this is.
0: Whitney tells her, you're not a bad person, but you are lacking self-awareness. <laughs> and then uh, Lisa gets... And I think, like, it's, like, triggering, like, seeing, like, you know, me talk to Heather for a lot of time. And Whitney goes, it wasn't that. And Lisa goes, just making char. Sure. Just making char. Sure. Like, very, like, condescending. Like, what are you doing?
1: That just, tone is so wrong. It's so wrong.
0: Yeah. Uh, Whitney goes, you were the first I texted and you chose to give Heather a gift. And Lisa goes, there are flowers on the way to your house. And Whitney goes, I don't want flowers. I want you. Like. <laughs> like yeah that's not the point Lisa come on and then Whitney just like walks out and Lisa's like following her like Whitney you don't need to leave you don't need to leave Monica like tells Heather like yeah they just like stormed out and Heather's like why Monica goes I don't know I'm just glad it's not me today <laughs> honestly yeah Whitney's just frustrated and they're in like the lobby or whatever and Whitney's like everything's about you Lisa and Lisa goes no it's not no and I I'm i I I'm very sorry for your loss like she's like
1: she. Like it took her this long to give any level of condolence.
0: But that's the thing, but it was very much like her stopping herself mid-sentence of being like, I gotta say this now because I I need to be on camera that I'm very sorry. No, no, Whitney, I understand you, I'm sorry. But it's the issue No, no, but, huh? Huh? Huh blah, Short Circuit. It's like yeah. it's so bad. It's so bad. And he goes, It is, and I'm always there for you. And then Lisa then just loses it. Like as Whitney's gone and goes, Fuck this. Fuck this. It and was
1: the meltdown in the bathroom all over. Exactly. Again.
0: She's ripping off her microphone. The producer literally is like, Lisa, we need to like check your mic. And she's like, No, you guys need to stop like right now. Like stop. And she's like, Motherfucker, fuck this. Why don't you like keep your fucking mouth shut? No, no, I'm not putting that back on. I'm not putting that microphone back on. Like, you fucking and she's just like ripping her like sweater like jacket off and like it was a mess and then john checks on her like what's wrong and and lisa's like fuck whitney i'm selfish like i'm all about myself like fuck that it's like jesus christ what is it just didn't make any sense
1: you know we talk about like certain seasons of housewives kind of where the narrative gets orchestrated to take down somebody else <laughs> where everybody's targeted on somebody. This is the first time where I've had, where I've seen someone take themselves down. No one's trying. Nobody's targeting Lisa. And yet she keeps firing all her missiles at her own face.
0: Oh my God. It's like really bad. And like, I mean, entertaining is fucking that regard, but just bad. Like, Oh man. Yeah. It's not a good season for Lisa at all absolutely not Uh, that was salt lake city for this week uh really uh irritating episode though at the end of the day um we're gonna take a quick commercial break and then when we come back we're talking the newest episode of real housewives of beverly hills don't go anywhere Do you want something new to put on your reading list? Are you feeling your holiday spirit grow while also being astutely politically
1: in tune? Then you'll want to pick up The Santa Strike, a new book by Shanna Hamaker.
0: While home in Midland, Texas, on a weekend visit with the eccentric uncle who raised him, Marion Wachloski, otherwise known as Mary, discovers a long-forgotten letter Uncle Joe wrote to Santa Claus. Mary keeps it to share with his girlfriend Lindsay and his best friend Tommy, At first, they consider the letter to be nothing more than a silly lark. What kind of grown man would write a letter to Santa? But soon, Mary and Lindsay find themselves caught in a much larger mystery concerning many, many more letters to Santa, all surrounding the crisis of gun violence in America.
1: You can order The Santa Strike now on Amazon, available both on Kindle and in paperback.
2: Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at sidekickmediaservices.com
1: Welcome back to a as NB. Let's head on over to Beverly Hills where we talk the highs and lows of the third edition of the dinner party from hell on real housewives of Beverly Hills,
0: Beverly Hills for this week. We have thoughts. Okay. We're going to like dive into the fact that this is definitely like we mentioned before a team Sutton podcast. And so, and, and if you have other opinions and you're listening to us, we value your opinions. But I think at, th- at this point, I'm really just kind of fed up with Kyle. And I think there's a complete uh, of everything that's happening. I think there's a complete double standard as to what is happening with this whole scenario and the way that Kyle is making herself the victim and then justifying that victimhood with her retaliation. That is just really past the past the point of anything. I think normal for me. I was really, really upset this episode towards the end and like, oh, yeah. Really fuming because I think the the way that things are being conducted on Kyle's and is just really fucking gross. It's really fucking gross, and let's let's we'll start it from the offset because so we start the episode with Dorit and Crystal going to Kyle's house. This was the scene I was mentioning last week that we had watched and I had a very strong opinion about. So we can finally sort of talk about because. Yeah. So Kyle, f- f- they they do this. It that doesn't matter. But Kyle talks about like how she has all this like unopened mail. And so she needs to get like a business manager because she doesn't have one. I know. Like, I guess a lot of people were really surprised by that because of like, you would think she would like have someone running like the household in certain regards at that point. But yeah. And Dorit joking like, you know, our business manager says, stop shopping Dorit. And I just, you know, don't listen. Like, <laughs> and fine enough. Um, but let's get into the meat of it, which is the big thing, which is that Kyle then goes, so can I like ask you guys advice? Because I actually do care about Sutton. Lies. L- complete and utter lies. But I feel like I've seen her be like off. Um, and then Kyle tells them about how she thinks Sutton thinks that the elevator door thing was planned, and Dury goes, That's impossible. Again, you can have like I can I understand people being like, I don't think it Erica planned it or whatever. I don't agree with the people being like like Dorit saying it's impossible.
1: It's not impossible. I don't think it's impossible, but I think it is so complicated to pull off. Like you would need involvement from the hotel staff, right? They would need to hold elevators at a certain point mm. to ensure the timing. And but I, want, like and I just, do have
0: questions about, like, the fact that they were in such a private villa, like, how that elevator oper, Like, Unless like, they
1: have a private elevator, it will stop when they call it. Right. It's not going to make a a special trip just to come to their, because at that point they would never be able to get out.
0: Right. The, the fact that Dorit also on the after show this week was essentially saying, like, we don't do that on this show. That's not something that happens where we, you know, people plan these things. Yes, it does. Yeah. What are you talking? You're. That's where I'm like. Now I really believe it was planned because the way they're the way in which they're covering for it is just so like. I think you're all in on it at this point. The way that you're you know defending it. I the mean I don't. You're but
1: defending it. I, I get why that is the knee jerk reaction. Right. I
0: mean the, the they have they haven't earned this the the, right. the benefit of the doubt in certain regards. And then Kyle does her Sutton impression of Erica again. The "Now's Your Chance" and the big like fucking thing, which sure, fine. Jarit's um, like, I've seen it as well. She goes from zero to sixty. She goes, "Oh my god, my morals! What do you mean?" Like, and I also love that they're critiquing Sutton's overemphasizing of things with like the Erica stuff and like how she exaggerates. And then proceeds to exaggerate with, like, sudden reactions. So then this is where Kyle Kyle loses all moral high ground, I think. Any that she had left at this point. Because Kyle then looks at Dorit and goes, what do you think it is? And has, like, a smirk on her face. And I was listening to She Speaks Bravo. And um, Pia on there was kind of talking about, like, the way in which Kyle has been using Teddy in, like, the press. Mm-hmm. And on her on Teddy's podcast. And that comment about the vodka and the person on Watch Weapons Live. And, like, being like... I mean, Mauricio shouldn't be photographed in public with other women. Like, basically saying the shit that Kyle right. doesn't want to say herself. Right. And to me, I feel like we saw it kind of here. Where Kyle's like, what do you think it means, Dorit? Like, wanting Dorit to say this instead right. of Kyle. Right. So her hands are, like, clean. and And even though she's willing to get them fully dirty the rest of this episode. I think it's, you know... I, I, it just feels gross. So, but Kyle goes, what do you think it is? And immediately, like without hesitation, Su- Darika goes, well, Sutton is a drinker. She's somebody who I wouldn't be surprised pours a little bit of vodka in her coffee in the morning. And it's just so nasty. Nobody's and vile.
1: Put, well, I mean, yeah, it's nasty. Have you ever had vodka and coffee? Sorry. You don't put vodka in coffee. You put Kahlua. You put rum. There's other things you put in coffee. You don't put vodka in coffee. What are you doing? Right. I just Jameson. Can,
0: yeah, I just cannot. I I tweeted about this on the game as everything. The thing that pisses me off more than anything and that really sticks with me. Kyle went into BravoCon right. And a couple of weeks ago and was going throughout this season and the lead up to it, basically portraying the idea that Garcelle and Sutton were really careless in how they talked about her marriage issues and how it didn't really come from a place of compassion and, and of, you know, being a friend to somebody and looking out for them and being like, you know, I feel really bad. I want to, I want to protect you. They, it wasn't coming from a place of that. It was coming from a place of drama and that was really mean and hurtful on her part. And then she then
1: proceeds to orchestrate
0: completely orchestrate a narrative that Sutton's an alcoholic, right? Which again, I do not believe whatsoever because it would have been brought up seasons ago, right? And and because it's been brought up with other people in in this you know in this group. Not to that's not even getting to the utter hypocrisy of this of Kyle doing this. When all last season, she threw Garcelle under the fucking bus for having worries that Erica was mixing pills with her alcohol too much and was going crazy at these parties because she was literally going crazy at these parties and drunk singing and slurring her words to the point where Erica literally came home from, I believe it was Kathy's party and like fell and hit her head. Right. And Garcelle was shamed for asking questions about that that maybe that might be an issue and Kyle being like I you know my sister's an alcoholic and I know that word is really damaging but is it willing to fly willy-nilly all because Sutton had the did the egregious thing of having a blow up at Magic Mike
1: also that word wasn't you didn't seem to think that word was that damaging season 1 when you flung it in your sister's face right. in the limo.
0: But that's the other thing. It's like when she's being attacked. This is right. to, and, and to me, it's, not, it's like, it has nothing actually to do with Magic Mike. Let me correct that. It has nothing to do with the Magic Mike thing. It has to do with Kyle feeling that Sutton is like attacking her marriage or like, why is she saying, like, you know, what's going on with you? Like being so conscious of that. To where she's retaliating in this way. Yeah. Because that's what it was with Kim, right? She only said the whole you're an alcoholic thing to Kim when Kim told her that you stole my goddamn house. And said that on camera. And so it was retaliatory. And I think that the way that Kyle utilizes, and it gets worse later, utilizes people's issues, whether real or not. Because I don't believe these issues that Sutton has. Real or not. Uses them like weapons is yes. like really fucked
1: up. And like, well, and then also, we're also talking about this as if there's, as if her accusation of how Sutton and Garcelle talked about this was the same. Right. Because we will see later in the episode how they are very careful about how things are brought up and only actually name the issue. When Kyle refuses to capitulate and, in fact, tells them to say what it is. Exactly.
0: We'll get to how they totally uh, gaslighted in terms of what happened at that dinner. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and then Crystal in her confessional – because Crystal is like when Dorit says the vodka and the coffee thing, like she uh, like gets confused. Crystal in her confessional goes, okay, Dorit, says the woman that has the three-carcass-out cocktail that the entire world knows about. Right. Crystal brings up in the kitchen like, you know, I just don't see that with Sutton. You know, she just always seems like fine. And Kyle's like, I mean, she's also used to it. Vodka can make some people really mean. And then Crystal says in her confessional – just because Kyle stopped drinking yesterday doesn't mean that suddenly you can have all these judgments of someone who drinks. Like you just got sober. I really wish she should have
1: said she would have said that in person. I do
0: too. Like I think it was really like I I wish Crystal would speak up a little. She kind of does a little bit after like, dinner, but, at the
1: dinner. Well, even in this conversation, as they're switching to the next scene, the last thing that is said in this scene is Crystal going, Well, that's not okay. Sort of. So she, like, slightly admonishes. I think it's Dorit. I
0: think she's like, you guys are so bad. Because, like.
1: Oh, she, yeah, that's what it is. Because
0: Kyle says, like, I mean, I want to repair her with Sutton because I feel like Sutton's, like, worth it. And Crystal says, like, you know, is there a time to, like, have that conversation where she's, like, calmer? Like, maybe in the morning? And Kyle goes, before 10 a.m. Which is, like, get it? Because she drinks, like, as soon as she wakes up. Isn't it funny? Gross. Utterly gross. Yeah. Vile, vile stuff. I also agree with the people being like, now that rena has gone, Kyle has to do this job because this yeah. is what Rena would be doing. Well,
1: because nobody else is willing to do it. Right. Erica's on the apology tour, so she's not going to do it because it normally would fall to Erica. Yeah. Like, Diana's gone. rena has gone. There's no evil bitches left. It has to be Kyle.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Sutton and Garcelle go to get dinner at this, like, steakhousey kind of, like, place. Um, and Sutton orders, like, she's like, oh, God, it's, like, bacon, everything. You know, I'm gonna get, like, the bacon-wrapped asparagus, whatever. Garcelle says they professional. I don't think Sutton's a vegetarian. Like, she's eating bacon, like, all the time now, not just on special occasions.
1: Okay, but... That's irrelevant. Like, for the most part, she is a vegetarian. Right, she's right. not eating steak. She's not eating chicken. She's not eating fish. She has bacon sometimes. But
0: note that she is eating at all. Because, again, I found this scene playing into later. It's like, it, it proves that Kyle is pulling shit out of her ass. Right. Like, uh, Sutton, uh, talks about, you know, you know, I saw Erica for a brief second at, at your event, Garcelle. She's like, but you know, we didn't have anything to talk about. Obviously Garcel' was like, I mean, it was like crazy. Like how those elevator doors just like opened and like Sutton's like, I brought that up to Kyle and she defended Erica and Scarcelle's like, and that hurt you. Like, it's like, there's is no, like, cause to me, like whether you think that, whether you think the door opening was planned or not right right i still think what erica did
1: was shitty I, and don't, I, it, I th- this is the one time when i'm like i i am not going to like agree with sutton on something i don't think it was that big of a deal because i don't think that erica was trying to be confrontational in that moment i don't agree i but- it felt very much to me like it was like oh, well, here they are. Hey, you should apologize for this. Well, she it, says,
0: hey, you, hey, Sutton, it's your chance to apologize. And then Sutton apologizes. Like, there's like, guys, I'm so sorry for missing it. And then she goes, Erica again then goes, here's your chance to apologize for say, for walking out and making such a mess and saying that their show was shitty.
1: That part I didn't like. Like Erica. Sutton
0: apologized and then Erica kept pushing it.
1: Right. That part I didn't like. Um, I just didn't think that The initiation of it was that bad. I don't know. Um, I thought it could have been playful. Yeah. At the beginning. And then it was like, oh, well, this got bad.
0: Yeah. Sutton brings up again, like, the, the stuff that she's been noticing about, like, Kyle, like, changing drastically about things and how it could be, like, sort of, like, overcompensating for certain things and sort of like the stuff that she talked about with jennifer tilly and she brings up how she noticed that kyle is now wearing this sapphire
1: diamond ring instead of her wedding ring not wearing a sapphire diamond ring because the original one is no
0: the new one is sapphire no it's all diamonds i thought it was at dinner it's
1: all it's all white
0: because i thought on the facetime call, kyle was like yeah you just noticed it because you like sapphires or whatever either way whatever the fucking <laughs> whatever the gem was
1: like because i thought i thought it was all diamonds and that's why i was like playfully joking earlier not on the sh- on the show i was doing it in the car right over here i was like oh well, what if kyle actually is the one that stole uh oh Lisa's lisa barlow's ring because it does look very similar to lisa barlow's lost ring that
0: is true maybe that's the connection um but like she's like and and, and like and she in, does
1: have a house in Palm Springs.
0: There you go. Uh, she, <laughs> she gets people in the airport. It's fine, um, but it's in place of where her wedding ring typically is, and there's no wedding right. ring. Um, which, by the way, like they try to make the excuse later about like it was like her working out and taking the ring off. It's like she said that a lot on the after show as well. It's like I work off and I take off my ring, and like suddenly like they're accusing me of shit. It's like that's not that doesn't make any sense. It would be one thing if you didn't have your wedding ring on, you can use that excuse of you're working out. You have a different ring right on that same finger.
1: You're acting like that's just any finger. When you're married, that finger is for your wedding ring and that's it.
0: Yeah. And and we know your ring, your wedding ring and it's not there and it's replaced by another ring. It's so like it, it's baffling how Kyle doesn't think that that like people would have questions about that to me. Yeah. Or, or the, or the ability to bring it up because the other thing is like Kyle clearly thinks that like it's a standard for other people and then not for her, right? In terms of what gets brought up on camera, Uh at a goes, "I don't even know how Sutton even noticed that Kyle's wearing a different ring. I never pay attention to that. The only time I noticed jewelry was after the robbery when Dorit still had hers, and then just starts sipping her water. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, get her, Garcelle. Can <laughs> we finally acknowledge the fucking robbery? Is there's something amiss with that? Because I think. Uh, okay. I think also like there's stuff that here's the thing. I think there's clearly stuff that's going to transpire. I think later with Garcelle and Dorit in the season where that confessional comes into play. Because I saw a lot of people being like, "Well, Garcelle made up with Dorit at her event, and then now he's like dragging her." Uh, I don't. You know. I, I I'm sure Dorit's going to step on it again this season. It's fine. We'll just give it time. Um, Sutton talks about, you know, the news is, you know, Mauricio is maybe having an affair. It's all over the internet. And they show like all the headlines and stuff like that. I didn't even know the thing about the bag with the initials on it. Oh, yeah. And that Mauricio's initial was taken off of
1: it. Yeah. Like I hadn't noticed that it just said KR instead of KRU.
0: Or KRU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like. Kyle like again the the idea that you think that people wouldn't think anything
1: well and and what gets me is that you don't just do that right like you do that out of spite right like you are actively trying to get noticed on this that's my and so same same either with, same either with the morgan stuff either you're planting bullshit and all of this is a fake storyline that you've orchestrated or it's incredibly true and you're trying to make mauricio look like a fool
0: but it's everyone else else that's hurting her children too by the way it's sutton hurting her children because she said that in a fucking interview recently apparently it's sutton hurting her children is the people questioning whether or not it's real or not that that are hurting her child that is hurting her children not how she's operating in this not how she's operating in the media, not how she's moving about society with this kind of shit. Like, no, Her
1: children are adults. Yeah. I mean, other than Portia. Portia's I think she's, 15, but Yeah, still. but like, whatever.
0: But it can't be Kyle. It can never be Kyle.
1: No, because she's, you know, above reproach.
0: Yeah. Sutton goes, I have zero interest in Kyle's marriage. I care about Kyle. I think that we are close enough that you would come to me, but it's hard to be close to anyone if you feel they're hiding anything from you. And so it's made, and now with Sutton, it's more of a thing of just, like, you're. if we're going to say that we have a friendship, then the idea that you're not talking to me about it is, like, it's proving that we don't at the right. end of the day. And Garcelle says, you guys just need to be honest with each other. And I love that she's still in Kyle's line. Just be yeah. honest. Just be honest. <laughs> Um we then go to Erica who is meeting with her talent manager Alexis at Alexis's I love when she walks into the house and is like Alexis I love your house because it's clearly like at least somewhat the size of her old house. Yeah. Um she talks about how Alexis has like a talent is a talent manager with like a PR background um
1: which Erica desperately needed.
0: Yeah. But then she talks cuz she she it's her new talent manager. She goes I mean, I love Jack, but he and I decided not to work together. We're still friends. We're just not in business together. And this is the Jack who last season, at the end, when they were like, did you leak the shit about Kathy to the press, was the manager who was apparently the one leaking it. Right. Well, And, and suddenly he's not working for Erica anymore.
1: Right. Well, and we had heard reports soon after that that I think Nikki was the one that he was also working yes, for. Yes, yes, yes. Had dropped him as well. Right. So it's like clearly he was the leak.
0: Yes, but I have here's the thing. I have a hard time believing that he just did it on his own. Oh, completely. Whether it was Erica or Rena, because I still think that's I. I mean, it's Rena. It's hard. It's very easy to believe that Rena was leaking pretty much anything like during yeah. her time on the show. Like I still
1: think. The fact that everything from last season was leaked and nothing from this season was makes it pretty damn clear.
0: I still, I still lend to the theory that Rena leaked the Puppygate stuff, probably to make Vanderpump look bad. Probably, I, I, I think at the
1: direction of Kyle.
0: Yeah, I think there's, I think there's validity to that. Um, uh, so Alexis talks about you know, there's you know, the controversy with you know Tom and that has uh, created a lot of uncertainty with the brand. You know, we, we're trying to see if you're viable again to, like, you know, have a music career and do stuff. Um, she, ta- Alexis says, I think now is, you know, the only way that we can re- rebuild is for you to take accountability on your part. <laughs> Which I <I'm> was like, okay. <laughs> like, good luck with that with Erica. Because that's been, like, the sticking point. But Erica says, like, I've certainly come back with a better sense of self. Because I've had no choice but to face myself. And I'm like, okay. Like, I, <laughs> Like. And they flash back to like her like apologizing to the group, and I'm like, okay, but like, yes, the group is also a small part of this, I think. right? And whether again, there's all this dialogue about what she could have said about the victims, and 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 etc. She, does, I mean, we do know that she at certain a certain point, I think it gets is on the season where she meets with some of the
1: victims. I thought it was between the seasons, but yeah, yeah, either
0: yeah, yeah. So I wonder. I mean. Part of me, I, I'm glad that they're being heard, but now with this scene, I'm like, is that part of like...
1: Part of me thinks that this whole redemption tour for her was was a condition of her staying on the show. Maybe. It was literally Bravo going, okay, so we're getting rid of Diana, hmm. we're getting rid of Renna. If you want to go with them, you can, or you can stay on this show perhaps revive your career. Yeah. Keep but in mind, you she, need to go on a redemption tour and change the uh, way that you at- interact.
0: Keep in mind, she's also getting a spinoff about the right. Vegas store, So, I think that also plays
1: into it. Too, well, but things. it's a special. It's not a... It's not a spinoff. It's not but, a full...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going to be a full series, but, like, it's going to be a small, like, side thing. Um, But I think that plays a part into it. Mm-hmm. Um, we then go to Garcelle and Jax going out to dinner with each other. I like I the scene a lot. Like, Jax... Uh, Jack's kind of, I mean, s- in certain ways redeems himself. I also do love the, his, like, asserting of, like, yeah, I can, like, you know, be on my own. I can be more independent and all that stuff. Meanwhile, like, Garcelle, like, chokes on her water. She's like, oh, God, it's in my, you know, tonsils or whatever. And she's like, what are tonsils again? I'm like, you cannot live on your own and not know what tonsils are. Yeah. Like, come on. But him, like, basically, he, like, he orders, like, the Wagyu steak or whatever at the restaurant. And, like, so he's very much, like... Holds himself as like an adult
1: in certain regards, yeah. In a presentation. It's which... like you know that meal was like fifty bucks for him.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, Garcelle talks to him about like you know at your age, you know, I couldn't really have a conversation like with my parents like you and I have. And Garcelle talks a lot about like sort of like wrestling with that, and it is kind of a mind fuck when you are brought up in that generation having your child. Like, yeah, I couldn't talk to my mother like this still to this day. Of yeah, like sort of like. Honestly, about like certain things. So, like, it, I, it, it's commendable of Garcelle to allow him to talk right. freely in that regard. Um, she but she talks about how she's learning to be more patient in terms of
1: that, which like, well, you have to be,
0: yeah. And but it's difficult when, especially the stuff he's saying, and she vocalizes. Like, I mean, you did like hurt me with like some of the comments and stuff like that.
1: Well, and part of part of letting kids giving them full reign to fully express themselves and make sure that they're being heard is also giving as much grace as you can when things land in a way that clearly wasn't the intention. Right, Because while they know very much what they're feeling and what they're going through, it's still pretty early in development to fully figure out how to, soften the blows on those sorts of things.
0: Right. And I don't think Jax has an understanding of that.
1: No, I don't think so yet either, but I think that this is how you learn to do that.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, and Garcelle talks about, like, you know, I mean, I know you thought that, like, I should have, like, probably, like, kept the family together, right? And Jax goes, I mean, I knew damn well that it was dad's fault, you know, and that he did stuff that he shouldn't. And then I knew, and I also knew since I was, like, eight years old, Garcelle's like, why didn't you, like, say something? Like, this is, like, news to Garcelle. She's like, because I couldn't. Like, I looked it up on the internet. And, like, Garcelle's, like, really upset about this. Which I saw some people being like, "Garcelle, like, you can't... That's
1: pretty naive to think that the kids don't know about everything that happened at this point.
0: Sure. I can't understand, like, him knowing as young as eight, like, can still be jarring. But, like, but you, you, he was going to find out at one point, like, the way the internet age works. Right. And especially when you're a big celebrity like you are. Like, it's, you know... Right. You just have to Google somebody's name. Like, if you're
1: just some Joe Schmo, I understand why you don't think Google knows why you got a divorce. But... Garcelle, you like, it's not even just that it was in the, the, like people were gossiping about it. You sent a mass email. Yeah. Ma'am, everybody and they mama knew about this email.
0: Right come on (laughs) but then garceau relays about like when she like found the text that of of her husband like texting this other woman and like they were in the car with the kids and like her like being like tell me who it is and her husband like wouldn't say and like jack's like picking up on it like in his like car seat and basically being like daddy like say who it is which like and that like she's like that shut both of us up because it was like you know And she's like, I don't. I'd never wanted my kids to like feel that. Yeah, but it's like you can't.
1: You can't protect them from. Look, divorce is difficult. Infidelity is difficult. It is going to affect your children. So, like, the best way to handle it is with honesty. At a certain level of honesty, like, right? Like, kids don't need to know he was blowing her back out. No, like that's (laughs) not. That's not the conversation it needs to be. But like they they need to know that he stepped outside of the marriage right and he betrayed their marriage and that's just the truth of it that's not like coloring him as a bad person that's just saying look your dad did something that i unfortunately i can't forgive yeah like i can move forward from it but i no longer can trust him as my husband and you know that you need to know that if you're in a situation like that, you do have the freedom to say this no longer is right for me and I need to walk away from that. Yeah. The kids would have understood that. Like, that's an age-appropriate conversation. Like, so you, you can do that. Yeah. I don't know. I
0: agree. But, it, again, I, I've i been loving these scenes with Garcelle and her kids because I think they're all honestly really – real looks into this dynamic i think they feel really genuine in the moments and like it's it's nice getting to see the these sides of garcelle because i do think that like we haven't really gotten these parts of her life in many ways i think it's been a little i don't i don't even think on her part i think on the show's part it's been very surface right and it's been nice to get sort of more in-depth looks about like her family dynamic Mm -hmm. Um, we then go, oh my God, this scene, we then go to Kyle, who is meeting with Stephanos, who is a tattoo artist Oh Jesus! Um, at his shop or whatever. Um, Kyle tells him like, you know, I didn't say anything about, you know, coming here today. Like, you know, it's not a secret. I just like, didn't tell.
1: Like, so it was a secret.
0: Yeah. And so it's a secret that you're going to make not a secret in a few moments. It's fine. I mean, it's not cause you're emotionally manipulating someone in my opinion, but whatever. Um, we'll get to it. Um and then we get our first glimpse though of Morgan. Morgan Wade stops by, um says hi to Kyle. What 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 are your thoughts cuz I was kind of I got so frustrated with the scene in certain regards. I do you think do you think it's genuine? Do you think what what do you think the actual dynamic is?
1: I know a lot of people have theories like I am just I I'm still trying to wrap my head around it because Again, in my brain, it is either, like, all of this stuff is either orchestrated to give her a storyline this season. Yeah. Or it is real and she's trying to, like, downplay how real it is almost. But that doesn't really, like... I don't even know if she's downplaying how real it is. I think she... I feel like maybe the stuff with with Mauricio like she's trying to like get a reaction out of him. Right. Because Mauricio is so chill all the time. It's because he is like 75 to 78% pot at this point.
2: <laughs> um
1: like you could smoke him and get yeah. high. Um like I think that he's just so chill that he's not giving her any sort of reaction. So he's she's did the whole thing with the cat, with the tattoos and see in episode one to get a rise out of him, and it didn 't quite work the way she wanted it to, and now she 's trying to do all of this with like this new tattoo to get a rise out of him, and like she did the whole tell his mom about the tattoo to get a rise out of him, yeah and like she 's trying to get any emotion. Because he's not giving her anything?
0: I think it's either... I think it's twofold. I think it's possibly that, because I think... Uh,
1: I don't think... I think there's layers.
0: Yeah, I think there the, the manipulation of Mauricio and the sort of, like, playing with his emotions I think is a big part of it in certain ways. Because I don't know how else you would operate, like, the way she has been, particularly right. on social media with the Morgan stuff, without thinking that. Um, I do think there might be some genuineness on Kyle's part, whether it is a actual genuine feeling or whether it's just like midlife crisis brain taking over and because she keeps me she mentions like you know morgan's just really free with herself and she's unapologetic and that's what it really attracted me to her as a friend and like you know it really i, I admire that in her basically so i think i don't know if morgan's just like a a presentation of what she wants to be in right. manifesting, or well, if there is a romantic thing, it does feel romantic in the way that they just look at each other. They're but also,
1: I- who hasn't had a crush that wasn't really a crush? It was just the I want to be that person. Right. Like, we've all, I feel like we've all experienced those sorts of things.
0: My question is whether more, I think the bigger question to me is whether more, what Morgan's feelings are.
1: Because I also right.
0: think in part Morgan is either genuinely emotional or in the worst case, leading her on in certain regards. Because I think it's very, I don't know how Kyle, she can look at Kyle and how Kyle's reacting and not think that Kyle is attracted to her. Right. And to me, if you aren't, that's frustrating.
1: Question, because I'm not sure. More, is Morgan a lesbian? Yes. Okay. Is.
0: So, Or at the very least, bi. I'm pretty sure a lesbian.
1: Um, it could be that she's just assuming that Kyle is straight and so she's dismissing all of that maybe um because i know that a lot a lot of times queer people will go into it with the assumption that someone is straight in order to protect themselves from entertaining the idea right and so that could be what's happening with morgan not that morgan wants anything necessarily uh, that remains to be seen yeah but More of a, I'm not even going to question it because, and not even like registering it really, because it's like, well, she is in the straight box and she's married and and she's married and she has kids and like all of these things. Right. So it's like. She's in that box over there. So I'm not even considering all these signals I'm getting from yeah. her. Those it, are just being batted away. I just
0: can't tell because it's very flirty. And I don't right. like, cause Stefanos is like, how'd you guys meet? And Morgan's like, she stalked me. And like they're the way their like eyes are like at each other and like sort of, it just gives very mutually flirty vibes. And I think I worry that that is not okay on Morgan's part. If there is a, understanding that there is not going
1: to be anything there on on her end. Now, I also will say I have had friendships with straight people where I am more free to flirt with them because I know it will go nowhere.
0: Right, you've talked about this.
1: I know that there's safety in in flirting there because there's because there's a mutual understanding it's a joke or right, like a, Right, it's it's like it's playful banter. It's not meant there's no intention. Right and so you can kind of just like get the the urge to flirt out, you know, get it out of your system without it ever going anywhere without the the um pressure of ever have actually having to follow through on anything or even with the um just the the freedom to have fun with it, you know? Yeah. Like flirting is fun. It's playful it's it's can be freeing and if you're single and you're like uh, a musician like you're famous like she is like it can be very difficult to find people that you can do that with because there's like this barrier of famous people and normal people yeah like you can't just do that with anybody if you're famous you know what i mean yeah yeah. yeah. but
0: so kyle talks to her about how she's throwing this like thc cbd party where they all cook with it basically essentially oh dear god morgan thinks it's really weird because she's like you just said like you didn't like edibles which again if even morgan's being like i mean you say this and then you you're doing this like outward to me that's a, a personification of that kyle's basically saying like you know everyone's talked to me about like not drinking so like i don't want to like chicken out and like you know but it's also you organize this party so like
1: i, I will say that there's a difference between these parties and edibles
0: right right right, right. but like be, beyond that like the, the whole idea that she's doing it for someone else that she's like you know or for her image, or whatever the fuck, and Morgan's basically trying to tell her like you don't, you shouldn't, you know, feel pressure necessarily to do something. And then Kyle talks about how Morgan's also like six years sober, and so again, it's another thing where it's like is the is the soberness based off of a genuine like freeing of yourself, or is this just a way in which to connect? Is this just a way in which to like cope for other things, like to be to give a presentation of yourself. I do, again, that doesn't make it unhealthy, but it's something you need to look at right. about why you're doing something.
1: I, I will say um, regular edibles are usually in the range of 10 to 15 milligrams. Yeah. Um, as we see later, people are able to dial in how how many milligrams they want their entire meal to end up being. Right, right, right. With 10 being the max. So it It is a lower dose of t h c um and you can even dial it back further from that, but the really and truly it's so low end that it's it's not the same high that you're going to get from no and, a, a single like quarter of a brownie or something and
0: ex- they explain that later at the party because Erica's like what do i need to do because i don't want to like see colors but i want to get high and the guy has to literally be like you're not taking like ayahuasca like what the f- like
1: like this is not lsd brownies <laughs> yeah
0: um kyle uh, goes and gets the tattoo on her hip or whatever it's like a saturn with like stars and stuff like that and morgan's holding her hand and the way Kyle's, like, looking at her and, like, laughing and, like, Kyle talks about, like, tells her, like, everyone's, like, how are they friends? Like, you taught me you can't judge a book by its cover. And it was so, like, notebooky and, like. Yeah.
1: Just... I, I will say that when you're getting a tattoo, you get, like, a high euphoric thing from it. So that could possibly. I don't know. It's... But that tattoo was also so small. There's no way that the, the endorphins had a chance to even kick in by the time that shit was done.
0: Yeah. Kyle then returns home after this. And so we see go straight to the scene of her returning home and Mauricio's working uh by his desk. Uh Mo had just got his physical book in for his like the the book that he's writing. And Kyle goes, I still gotta read the whole thing. And Mauricio goes, You haven't read the whole thing yet? And like he sent her already a copy, and Kyle's like, I mean, like I just I don't like to read on like the computer. Like I like to read like a hard copy. And the producer in their Kyle's confessional asked like why haven't you read all of Mo's book? And she's like, I'll get to it. Like jokingly. I'm just like, why are we embarrassed? I really hope Mo cheated on you because at this point, there's no reason for you to be embarrassing this man if he didn't like actively yeah. like do something terrible to you. Um and then Kyle's like, um, so I actually got another tattoo. And Mauricio was like, What? Like, what like really? Like,
1: I don't. I don't know why he's surprised at this point. Like she was very clear but in episode one. I'm going to defy all wishes you may have. Yeah, which he had no right to to put on her no, in the but first it's place. Such
0: a fuck you, though. It's but just it, like a.
1: But she's only doing it to exactly to say fuck you to him. She's not doing it because she wants the tattoo. Like she didn't sit down and talk about. You know, I really like this. Is a way that I'm expressing myself. This is a way that is. This is something that is important to me that I'm really like, like marking milestones in, in like this journey, like of self, like all of these things. If he had, if she had talked to him about that, I'm sure he would have reacted a different way, but she instead just put her foot down and said, fuck you. I'm getting as many tattoos as I want. Right. it's, that, it's, just, it's not about <sighs> at this point, it's not about actually like working through things. It's about. Saying "fuck you" to to Mauricio. Yeah,
0: Kyle's like. I mean, if you know, also if I have like a bathing suit on, it will like cover it. And Mauricio goes, "Well, I hope I get to see it." And Kyle goes, "You're seeing it right now." Mauricio goes, "I mean, like often." And she goes, "Well, why? Like you're on so nasty. It's so. And also to me, the other thing I just realized: Kyle is so protective of her image." And, like, we see it throughout the rest of this episode. Like, she's so hyper... Like, so much of it is productive presenting her image. But she's in front of a goddamn camera with this man. And is embarrassing him on television actively. Not even trying.
1: Like... But, see, I don't see... I I don't see how she's embarrassing him. Because all this does is make her look like an idiot.
0: She doesn't realize that. I don't think. I think she thinks that people would be more sympathetic of her. But I just... uh,
1: Yeah... Whatever. Her we, and Lisa are smoking the same bullshit. Uh, not Rena uh, Barlow.
0: Yeah, we go to Sutton's house uh, and she's getting ready for her matchmaker, Alessandra, to come over. <laughs> uh, this was really like, kind of got his like funny uh, quips in this episode. Sutton comes down the stairs and he goes, "Wow, the dress actually fits." And Sutton's face is like, "You motherfucker!"
1: Like, I I really hope that this scene assuages all of the people out there that are like. Oh, he's, oh, like, she's, like, abusing him? But or she's, whatever. like, abusive to him or whatever. It's like, no, this is playful. This Yeah, is, I
0: always got that sense. I don't I understand always did people too, got that. But people hate Sutton. Oh, well. I, I mean, maybe people are seeing something. I don't, I don't know. But Avi, then it goes, like, when Alessandra comes in, it's like, hi. He's like, oh, God, here she comes. She's very bubbly. Like. <laughs> Jeez. Um, Sutton apparently decided to also invite Dorit to this session, which I thought was a choice on Sutton's
1: part. Definitely a choice.
0: Sutton goes, she thinks she knows more than probably you, and she is a free service, so. (laughs) 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 And then, so when Dorit comes in, this confessional, Sutton then goes, Dorit, I think, is the perfect person to help because, I mean, if Dorit fell in love with PK, maybe I need to not be maybe so Picky <laughs> and this pissed PK off online so much so that he got so angry that he posted a like thing about like ranting on Sutton being like, Yeah, this is why you don't get a second date, you're no derit love or whatever. And then posting his DUI police report basically to try to prove that like, oh, no one was in the car, you were like full of shit or whatever. But by the way. In the process of him doing that, he put this report on his Instagram story with no censoring on it to where you see his home address,
1: his home phone number, his car VIN number, his license plate number, his driver's license number, girl, I
0: can you are I am shocked that he is in that much debt. I'm shocked that he's like not like actually astute with like finances. Like, Jesus Christ. Can, can, like God, he like way to prove Sutton's point that Dorit didn't pick him well. <laughs> like, yeah, come no. on. Oh, my God. Um, so Dorit uh, asked, like, Alessandra, like, you know, what's your take on Sutton? And Alessandra talks about, like, what they discussed. And she's like, you know, I do feel like Sutton is very self-aware. And Dorit goes, wow, do you? <laughs> because I would say her biggest downfall is she's not self-aware. Some people would use the word like erratic, and she gets like aggressive and snippy, and it was so like okay, Dorit, you're ranting now. Like, what
1: are you doing? Well, she was clearly here on a mission.
0: That's it to report back to Kyle. One thousand percent. Sutton goes, this is so fun. Oh my god! And then Sutton in her commercial goes, Dorit, I've changed my mind. I'm gonna be real snippy and ask you to leave. (laughs) Dorit tells her, you just need to relax and be yourself. You know, you know, that's the other thing that's frustrating me with the Sutton dialogue dialogue. It's like, yeah, Sutton, you just need to be yourself. But not too much like yourself because you know you're crazy. But also like like uh, yeah, it's
1: fucking bullshit.
0: Uh they go through The Bachelors. They do the they they go the first one, like Sutton like zooms in on the crotch or whatever and Durique's like, Oh my gosh, she zoomed in on his crotch. By the way, I was so confused by that because they're on a MacBook. You can't like Zoom with your fingers on that. I don't they're, think they're not touch screens, they're not touch screens, <laughs> but whatever. Um, Sutton says uh, to one of them, She's like, Now, now I don't like the black shirt with the black tuxedo. And Alessandra goes, I mean, imagine if someone judged you on the look on your first date. And Doreen goes, Oh, yeah, and brings up the cat sweater. And like, Ugh. I mean, yeah, yes, yeah, sure, but like, you know. One of them talks about in their his profile about how he loves wine, son goes, "I hate wine and Derek goes, "They need to add you know with a good bottle or two of vodka, and I'm like, "Are you seriously like
1: doing this straight to her face well yeah the whole the whole reason she's here is is character assassination,
0: yeah, so I'm like, oh she's gonna die today she's gonna die today ooh like like i at this point like and especially when we get to the party. Sutton does not need to feel bad about anything she does for the rest of this season against these people. I really don't. She has a free pass. They really be messing with her to her face and I'm, and it's not fun. Um, we go, everyone's getting ready for the party and Kyle is in the, in her hair and makeup and she's FaceTiming Morgan. And then we find out that not only did Kyle get a tattoo herself, she also personally tattooed Morgan at this, tattoo parlor and tattooed the letter K I forgot where like on her shoulder
1: it's uh on her left arm arm just above the inner elbow
0: and it's like you're playing with fire now and that's like real again don't make the argument about like what your kids are watching in yeah. terms of like respecting them when you're doing shit like that, I'm sorry. Yeah, like it's like I get your and and I can sympathize if you have a romantic feeling for this person, but at the same time, this is real. Like I said, playing with fucking fire. Yeah, and not just not. I I, I don't trust it. Like like I I yeah. um everyone's getting ready for the party. Uh, Faye Resnick, the morally corrupt Faye Rasnick arrives. I feel like we haven't seen her in a while on this show. No,
1: it, it's been, it's been at least since like season nine or 10, right?
0: Yeah. Um, and, and all, she's with, uh, this guy, Justin, who I recognize he's on like either like, it's not entertainment tonight, but he has like a entertainment like t- show where he talks about like housewives and sort of stuff like that. Um. Then we also then get our first glimpse of Anna Marie. Kyle has invited her. She has met Anna Marie through uh, a party at the agency that she went to. And also she lives on the same street as Kyle. They're chatting it up. And Anna Marie talks about like, you know, I'm in Aries, you know, April 17th. And Kyle's like, oh my God, like that's my mother's birthday. Like I have chills. And Kyle tells her like, so like you being in Aries like that, you have to definitely have like a fiery side. And Anna Marie's like, talk to my husband about that. And I'm like, let's not. Um, because, uh, the other th- thing that came out in the news, like I, I would say like a week ago, I think it was a week ago. Cause it was the, w- it was in the buildup to this episode airing where Anne Marie debuts, mm-hmm. which was that the story that came out about her husband, uh, Mark, uh, Marcellus Wiley, who is a former NFL player. He, uh, yeah, he's like, has a sports commentator career. Um, there was already... Controversial stuff about him uh, in terms of transphobic comments that he made, um, particularly at uh, Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union for accepting their transgender child and the way they're accepting them. Um, And then it also came out this week that uh, he is being accused for rape uh, from 1993. Um, The story is pretty graphic and bad and really fucking terrible and it's just kind of really dampers anna marie's presence here on the show and it's like i don't even know how to talk about it like i was already bracing for her because yeah. of the trans stuff and it's like i don't know i'm just gonna there Sutton gets a good dig in later about her dress being the same as erica's from like, a couple. people are still wearing that that's still available and i'm like it kind of seems pointed but you know what
1: just get her it's fine i <laughs> look i i'm not I will hold her accountable for um, anything that she does. I'm not going to hold her accountable for her husband um, because as far as I know, everything has been about her husband being awful. Sure. Like, supposedly Kyle, or not Kyle, Crystal gets into it with her husband about transphobic bullshit later. Or something,
0: or it gets brought up in something, something
1: like to that effect later in the season. And then all of this shit about him being, like, a sex pest um, came out this week. Fine. That's all of him. I'm not going to lay that at her feet and have her answer for it. Um, but I will say that it's going to have me side-eyeing her all season. Yeah, um, It does put her on her back foot, like, trying to come into this show. So... She better come correct if she wants to stay.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you I, I'll, to get into the lighter stuff. Um, I wanted the, the more people start arriving. You did not like Garcelle's look at all, and I kind of agree. <laughs> Garcelle, not my favorite. what, and what a look. look was it? The, it? She had the really poofy oh. hair, which I liked, with she the braids in them. But yes. She that mm, She was wearing like this like diamond slip dress, but with a giant jacket over the top
1: of it. With like these Muppet sleeves. Yeah. Like, but it was just at the wrist. It was It was just these feathered, Muppety looking. It was a wrists. lot of ideas. It 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 was a lot of ideas. That's exactly correct.
0: Yeah. Uh, Kyle tells uh, Justin that Camille and Denise are coming. And Faye is like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. And they flash back to the Allison Dubois. He will never emotionally fulfill you. Know that once the kids get older,
1: I will like, just say she did eat
0: the fact that they reference that. And then
1: this. Yeah.
0: Come on. Um, but then Camille and Denise then arrive and they walk in. I I just, I keep replaying the part of Garcelle going, oh, and Denise going, what's all?
1: (laughs) What's all in her her face? Oh, Denise. Denise is so fucked up coming into this party. I
0: I think it's going to get worse next week from what I see. Like, I
1: don't know what she's on, but it's something.
0: Erica asks her, like, are you going to, are you down to eat like the dinner with like the THC? And Denise goes, I don't want to eat that stuff. I mean, I smoked weed like twice in my life. I'm not going to say who I did that with. And then she winks at the camera. <laughs> like, she's like.
1: <laughs> but, like, there's something going on with, like, her mouth is doing weird things. You know what I'm talking about. And it's, she's like. Whoa. It's, it's worse than like, Meredith like, at the British dinner in Palm Springs. Yeah. It's more slurred than that. It's bad. Oh, God. I it, don't know what this is, but it's bad. Yeah.
0: Um, Dorit asks Sutton, are you going to talk to Kyle? And Sutton goes, I'm going to, I thought a cocktail would be in order. And this is what I hate about this narrative, by the way, that now like Sutton just getting a cocktail gets looked upon as like with, you know, editor eyes or whatever. It's like everyone's drinking at this party. Why wouldn't Sutton get a cocktail?
1: Also, why wouldn't Sutton get a cocktail before going and having what is predictably going to be a stressful conversation to have.
0: Yeah. So she pulls Kyle to the side to go into a different room and Kyle tells Justin, Hey, you know, tell everyone to just sit at the table. You know, I'll be there in a bed. Um, Camille and Faye hug on their way in, even though they had their issues from the first dinner party from Al. but then everyone goes to sit down and Faye is sitting directly across from Camille because of course she is because Kyle's a messy fucking bitch and (sighs) knows, and in that moment knows how to make good television. I'll give her credit on that. But, and then Camille goes, of course she would sit me right across from Faye. Faye then gets up and walks to Justin and goes, I'm sat exactly across from Camille Grammar. I have no interest in talking to that woman. And then decides to sit on the other end by crystal. It's, uh,
1: it's iconic, honestly. Yeah.
0: So now Sutton and Kyle sit in like Kyle's like side room and this is where they get into it. And this is where I get fucking heated and, and, and pissed off. Sutton starts by going, you know, at, at Garcelle's it got really heated. And Kyle goes, I mean, it got more heated at your house. Sutton goes, which I hated. Cause you know, that's not like us. Kyle goes. That's why I keep saying that you weren't being yourself. And Sutton goes, I wasn't being myself, conceding to Kyle at this point. So because because Sutton had been like, don't say I'm crazy, don't say whatever. Like she had been in her feelings, valid or not. Like in the build up to this, of being like, I'm don't you know make me out to be crazy. She is conceding at this moment. I you know I got too heated at my house. I will concede to that. So she's trying to get to a better place at this point. So Sutton basically then tries to tell – give some clarity of where her head's been at for uh, both – we find out um, on the after show, this was also before Vegas, like right before Vegas. Right. That she had to meet with Christian, who is her ex-husband, and that he had gotten this big promotion, and now he's moving to London permanently. And she basically is like, he said to me, you're moving with me and James, meaning her son. And so she says this, and Kyle goes, Well, fuck off. Sutton goes, I'm glad that you can say that. I can't. And Kyle's like, I mean, you're divorced. Like he doesn't have a right to I mean, anyway, like like finish your story. I want this to be known. Already at this point, Kyle's being dismissive.
1: I thought I thought this beginning part was fine. Because it at that point, at that point I felt like maybe she was showing solidarity. Like yeah, fuck that guy. Why would he ever do that?
0: But he, but it then becomes very clear that Kyle's just like, well, no, you have like you don't have to. So like, why is it a problem? Like it's so like right. she doesn't she doesn't understand, or either is actively choosing not to understand what Sutton's talking about, which is that and Sutton talks like you know, he had a way bigger team with me during the divorce. He's very powerful globally, and she says her professional. I'm not talking about selling houses, which is a good dig after the fact
1: but even but even then like do some research on this man
0: you were researching he's like one of the heads of like deutsche bank
1: yeah well and that's one of the side things that he does he's also like i don't think he's actually with deutsche bank anymore he's with a a different but he handles like investment funds for like all the rich and famous yeah so he's inc- all of them. So he's
0: incredibly powerful and Sutton and, and incredibly connected. And so, but Sutton's basically and but Sutton's basically saying the conversation is you are coming with me to London and you are bringing James. Right. Our son. And Sutton has talked about how she kind of felt in certain ways, powerless during the time of the relationship. She's been very vocal about that. And whether again, whether what her rights are or not, The other thing is, like, Kyle's just like, well, you have the right... You have custody of your child, so who cares? Like, you... you, Like... But there's also, Kyle, a fucking possible legal fight that then is going to still happen. Whether she has the rights or not, that doesn't mean her husband is not... Her ex-husband is not going to fight that. And and Sutton is then going to have to fight it
1: in a legal realm. Right. Which very well could end up... Because... And Sutton, it's not like Kyle doesn't understand this, by the way,
0: because while may- maybe not in terms of like having a powerful ex, but th- Mauricio
1: is not her first marriage. Right. So, like, she understands what a divorce is like. Well, and even a divorce with kids because her oldest daughter is not Mauricio. Right. So, like, what? like But uh, Sutton
0: uh, goes on. She was like, I was thinking, can he just, like, take James? And Kyle's like, No. Like they, in a way of just like, duh, why, like, why would you think that? Like dismissing her. And then Sutton goes, and also, I didn't know if James wanted to go with him and starts getting choked up. And Kyle goes, so like she, Sutton is getting emotional, like right in front of her.
1: And she just kind of like shrugging about it. So like, let me, for anybody out there who is not understanding the gravity, let me like fully talk because Sutton doesn't fully 100% explain all the implications sure, she's, here. She's not always the best at that, I can admit that. Um so she has an abusive ex and and not abusive physically but he definitely emotionally like and emotionally and financially was abusive to her. Um and is now trying to wield that power over her again because he is basically saying Either you come with me and James to London or you will no longer have access to him. Right. And so basically saying you will never see your kid again until he's 18 and can do things on his own. Um, He's also – there's also the the question in Sutton's mind whether James would choose to go with Christian or not, which would be like – a betrayal right yeah. but like you can't blame your kid for that so it's it's a complicated emotion and then she's like okay well if i want to not have my kid go to london then i have i'm stuck in this legal battle right which i don't like in the depths of all of our divorce agreement i don't know if i even have the right to fight him on this because there could be a hidden clause somewhere and she also is very clear like this part she is clear about like this is what was going on then right and then she goes well it's not going to end up being the case James is staying with me here
0: she says i'm not going to it's fine i'm not going to london james isn't going to london but now i'll have him full time and you know my child's support will have to be increased and all that and so, and Kyle then goes why is it a problem if your money's getting increased? And Sutton goes, I'm going to have to deal with him legally. Like, I think Kyle also misconstrues when Sutton says, my money is going to get increased. She still has to fight for that. She still has to go through a legal process. It
1: doesn't just automatically happen. You have to then go back to court, renegotiate the terms, like all of those things. And this man has a lot more money and power at his disposal than she does. Right. So he's going to get something that is advantageous to him. Yeah.
0: And then Kyle in her professional goes, "Let me get this straight. You want sympathy for a move that's actually not going to happen and you're going to get more money? Help me connect the dots."
1: No, she wants you to understand that this is what was looming over her at the time and she didn't realize then. and
0: she didn't realize at that point that things that she would be able to get certain things. Right. She was worried that she was going to literally lose access to her fucking child. Somehow that doesn't pierce Kyle's brain. I don't understand it. Kyle then goes, so when we went to your house, what was going on there? And Sutton goes, I was off. And Kyle goes, but it was like an aggressive kind of off. Uh, Kyle then goes, oh, you may have to move to London and get more money every month. Listen. And at that point, I was like you know what? Sutton needs to take the motherfucking gloves off because you are not going to fucking talk to me like that with that attitude. There was was nothing called for, for Kyle to act like this. Nothing. Yeah. Absolutely fucking nothing. And then uh, Sutton goes if you're not even going to be sympathetic and I'm telling you what was going on with me in my life, Kyle goes, that's devastating. I'm sorry. Like when the fashion designer couldn't come into town and sounds like, would you listen for a second? Like, uh, Kyle then goes, are you that out of touch? And it's like, Bitch, you are so only, out of touch in this moment.
1: The only one who's out of touch here is you. Like, I just, I don't understand how Kyle can sit and look at this situation and not, like, it wasn't just, like, given to her, resolved. Like, there had to be anguish and frustration that she went through in order to get to this resolution, Like, I just don't, I don't understand how you don't get that. Yeah. Because she doesn't want to. That's why she doesn't get it.
0: Kyle then goes, I think it's an excuse because you make up excuses when you behave like this. And then Sutton goes, well, what's your excuse? Mm
2: -hmm. What's your excuse for
0: any of this? And also Kyle to be like, she doesn't, she just makes excuses for her behavior instead of actually apologizing.
1: One, Sutton apologizes all the fucking time. For shit she shouldn't have to apologize even during this conversation she did. Two. Oh, you finally
0: like came up with an excuse. It's like, well, Kyle, it took you six months to come up with the excuse that you were drunk for questioning Sutton's miscarriages last season. It took you way too long to fucking figure out an excuse in that regard. Because, and the other thing, it's like to blame it on like drunkness, drunk Kyle and sober Kyle seem really fucking similar right now mm-hmm. in terms of how you act to people about how you have no emotional maturity. You have no ability to empathize with literally anyone. It's really just like utterly contemptible how Kyle acts yeah, and how Kyle treats other people. It's just like not cute in any fucking way. Uh, Crystal goes in to basically check on them. Sutton tells Kyle, you aren't my friend that I know right now. You're not. And Crystal's like, guys, they're like waiting for us. Sutton goes, good. We can just sit. If that's how you're going to be and you aren't going to be honest. And Kyle goes, what do I need to be honest about? And Sutton goes, I don't know. Why don't you tell me? So basically being like, you're literally like, if I am. And the other thing that is the thing, like Sutton keeps like saying like, you're not being honest. You're, you know, what's going on in your life, et cetera. I actually think, and again, I don't think Sutton always says this the right way. I think it really is Sutton trying to be careful with Kyle's feelings in many regards. Absolutely. In terms of what she says to her directly, because it is a sensitive topic. Well, and you can see it when it's coming up at the table. Sutton side-eyes the camera. Right. And I think... The frustration by Sutton at this point is I am being so – I am attempting to find a careful balance into how I relay my worry to you and how my feelings are – you know, of what I'm seeing in your life in compounding with these rumors that are coming out about your marriage. I am being so careful in how I relay this to you, and you in turn are just decimating me for – and my feelings and the stuff that I've gone through – just wiping the floor with it. Yeah. So at this point, why the fuck am I being careful with your feelings? Right. Gloves off, nails out. And and like I said, this, at this point on, Sutton can do whatever the fuck she wants about Kyle's marriage. I honestly don't give a shit. Yep. Um, Kyle then goes, Maybe I'm not your friend because you're being a little off. Look, I don't know if it's, like, your medicine for your feet. Or, like, I don't know if, you know, it was your first drink or you've had, like, a couple. And at this point, Sutton, I credit her for this, just gets up and walks out and doesn't say anything to Kyle. She's fucking fed up with her. You can feel how fucking fed up she is. Yeah. Because she sees what Kyle's trying to do here. Kyle tells Crystal, she keeps doing this acting like she's, you know, concerned, you know, sort of thing. And Crystal goes... I think you both are sort of doing the same thing with each other, actually. Like, like you're also acting as though you're concerned, Kyle. Like, you keep being like, what's wrong with you? You know, something seems off, blah, blah, blah. And then when Sutton tries to explain it,
1: well, because you're an asshole there. Right, because it can't be anything other than she's an alcoholic. Right. Because... Kyle, the, the difference is, is that Kyle has already prescribed a reason, and any reason other than the reason she came up with is an excuse. Right. No matter how real that reason is.
0: Uh, Eric Sutton sits back down at the table, and, Kyle- and Erica's going, where's our hostess? And Sutton goes, in denial about something. And the way <laughs> Erica just goes stone-faced, like <laughs> – <laughs> It's very dramatic. Uh the chef Chris comes out who's uh t- t- telling everybody about the THC stuff and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But as it's happening Kyle sits down to whisper mouths to Kyle, are you okay? And Kyle goes, "No. That bitch." Like like very upset about it. Um so yeah, this is getting uh built up. Everyone chooses their THC levels. Garcelle doesn't want any and she literally tells the waiter when she rang down that she gets zero uh, milligrams. She goes, I will see you guys if I get high.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will say no one at this dinner had the balls to go above five milligrams. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, guys, come on. Denise
0: didn't need any though. By no, the way. Denise didn't need anything. Because this was the point where she was just like, you know what I'm saying. And
1: she's doing like the... Does she have negative THC? Yeah. Can we have something that sobers her maybe? <laughs> mm.
0: Crystal then comes to play because they 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 it's quiet for a moment. And Crystal goes, "Hey guys, so um, before we start dinner, uh, just want to try to clear the air if possible. I mean, I walked in there, you guys are like screaming at each other, saying you're being dishonest. I was like, good on you, Crystal. Like, Crystal's like, I have been non-existent for five episodes. I cannot wait any longer. Yeah, I need to fucking be a player in this. Um, Kyle then goes." I don't like feeling like a friend is making veiled threats to me. And Sutton goes, there's no veiled threat. Kyle goes, what do you want me to be honest about? If you have the balls to bring it up, then you have the balls to say it to me. So Kyle is, this is also where I'm talking about things getting manipulated. Kyle is saying in this moment, if you have the balls, bring up to me right now in front of this whole fucking table what your issue is with me and what you think I'm not being honest about. She is telling Sutton to say it at the fucking table. And what then happens is this, as this goes on, it then gets manipulated as if Sutton came to the table and been like, Kyle, what's going on with your marriage? Like, unprompted. Right. And like, again, I think Sutton was being extremely careful in certain ways with her feelings in terms of this. Also,
1: Sutton's not even the one who said it. Sure, like Sutton, literally, you know, is tiptoeing around it for a while. It seems, yeah. And Kyle keeps saying, "Mention say it. it, say it, mention it." Name and then, <laughs> exactly. And then, <laughs> um, Garcelle just is sick of it, and she's like, "Your marriage, yeah,
0: because like we have just gotta stop dancing around it at this point." Um, Kyle or Sutton goes in that room just then I shared something to you very personal and you made fun of it. And Kyle goes, I didn't make fun of, you know, I said that you're using it as an excuse like you did in Lake Tahoe when you said that you were selling your home in Bel Air and Kyle and Sutton goes, you're just deflecting. Like, like stop going off on these like tangents about like right. past shit from two fucking years ago. I'm telling you, I said something I was going through and you laughed in my fucking face address that right and then Sutton goes I was sharing with you and being very real and I was asking you to do the same and you're not doing it Kyle goes you said you need to be honest with what's going on with you and Sutton goes then you're perfect Kyle everything's perfect like like there's no like what does Kyle want at the end of the day um and then it just gets on further and further um and then uh, Sutton then goes, I'm asking you, is there anything going on? Kyle goes, what are you trying to insinuate? Sutton goes, like doing your workout schedule, you know, doing your eating things. And then Kyle goes, I can't believe you have the guts to say that to me when you don't eat. And then the uh, everyone goes silent. And then Kyle then continues in her confessional and goes, I've not said anything before. But if she's going to make comments about my working out and eating and not drinking, don't make me go there. Sutton pushes the food around on her plate like my kids would do. Those potatoes just move from left to the right. And I
1: thought that was... I was... I was boiling at this point. I was genuinely boiling. Not only does Crystal have an eating disorder. Yeah. And she's at this table. And not only has... Erica kind of talked about sometimes in the past having dealt with this sort of stuff as well. Right. But Kyle, you've talked about how how you have had an eating disorder in the past on this show. Right. And also, by the way, some people trying to equate that, like, well, Sutton
0: brought it up first talking about her eating. She's not talking. Sutton never said, Sutton's never implied that Kyle's anorexic or has some eating disorder. She said she's been making these drastic fucking changes in terms of her life. And it's alarming to me in relation to stuff coming out about her marriage. Right. Kyle is outwardly saying that Sutton is anorexic. Right. In retaliation to this. Right. And it's, I just think it's so incredibly vile to make those kind of accusations in general but particularly when i don't think they are true they, i right. don't believe that they are true i'm sorry and i think it would have come out before and i think it's just a really nasty quality you can say it's her being you know it could be her zodiac sign it could be co- I, it's not okay it's not okay to act like this right there's no justification for saying something like that Anna Marie then talks and goes, when you're really friends, you can say things to each other, and you guys just aren't, like, saying anything to each other at this point. Okay, whatever, girl. <laughs> but
1: I I will say that statement seems more in line with what Sutton was saying sure. than Kyle.
0: Yeah. Sutton goes, is there something going on in your personal life that you would like to share? And Anna Marie goes, with what, though? Garcelle goes, her marriage. What's with the new band? And everyone's like, What? <laughs> Sutton tells her, you haven't been wearing your wedding ring. Erica goes, oh, honey, I didn't wear mine for years. Erica, that's not helping Kyle's case. Also... You I had love, a terrible
1: marriage. I love how this got misconstrued about it being about her wedding band. Well, that's the thing. And Kyle- that's just one facet of the... <laughs> facet, Jimstone. Um, That's one facet of the information, right? Right. There's also all the stories and the headlines. There's also, you know, like this weird that i don't know that that they know about this yet the weird relationship with morgan there's also yeah you know like all of this stuff there's so much evidence the wedding band
0: is such a minuscule part about that and garcelle says that in her confessional like is that really the question like at the end of the day who cares yeah it's about what is going on in your marriage right that's that's what it's about Garcelle asked if it's like a makeup band. Camille, and they're explaining the concept of like a makeup gift or whatever. Mm-hmm. Camille goes, my God, I used to get cars. Like I got like an Aston Martin before and like, I'm sure Kelsey d- oh yeah, dealt out some good ones. Um, but Kyle says that she bought it herself. It wasn't a gift from Mauricio. And son goes, so it's all cleared up. Faye then pipes up and goes, it just seems like so inappropriate. And I love Garcelle going, who said that? Oh, it's Faye. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle asks Garcelle, "Where'd you get that necklace?" And Garcelle goes, "Zara." And they all laugh. But a necklace is not a fucking wedding band,
1: right? Like you don't wear jewelry around your neck to signify that you're married to someone. Yeah, you you wear a ring on your wedding, like on your like wedding ring finger. Right. Like that's a specific placement for a ring. And for you to just change out what jewelry goes there is really kind of weird. Yeah.
0: Erica and her professional goes, I don't know why Sutton digs in people's personal lives, but I got to be honest. I'm glad it's not me this time. And I'm like, she's not digging. If she's digging, that's the easiest fucking excavation in the world. It's all out there on the
2: internet.
1: But even if it wasn't on the internet, why would you ever, like, it's visible, That's like getting a tattoo on your forehead that says, my husband cheated. Yeah.
0: it's I I don't
1: like. Like if you're going to get a makeup wedding band or something, you put it on a different finger. Yeah. You don't replace your wedding band. Or if you replace your wedding band, you make it look the same. Or it's like, oh, no, I got an upgrade for this anniversary or whatever. Like. There are different explanations that would... And also, that thing did not fit. That thing was basically a fucking hula hoop on her finger. Right. Kyle goes,
0: so what you're saying is my husband cheated on me. And Sun goes, did I say that? And the way that Kyle was, like, staring down Sun at this point, there's such anger in her eyes that, like, she is being held any bit of account for anything. The idea that this is being brought up on camera is so fucking offensive to her. It's like you have been on this show for 13 fucking years yeah grow the fuck up
1: yeah well and she's also mad because sutton's not playing into what she wants her to play into
0: yeah anna marie goes kyle can't get new jewelry and kyle can't get fit is that what we're saying yeah anna marie that's exactly what we're fucking saying
1: way to completely miss the goddamn point you've been here for five minutes like sit the fuck down
2: uh,
0: sorry. Kyle goes, I said at the retreat that it hasn't been our best year being married. Is that not enough for you guys? Do you want my husband to have cheated on me and bought me this band? And Erica goes, Let's not do that. Let's not do that. And it's like, Oh, God. Kyle, Sutton goes, Great, Kyle. I'm happy. I'm content with all your answers, which I feel was very much like, I'm not going to ask you any fucking more as you continue to dig into my bullshit. You're going to continue to spread shit about me. I'm content. You, yeah. You're good. And Kyle goes, If I'm going to going through a hard time and exercising and working out and not drinking, because guess what? Even if I drink two glasses of wine the next day, I feel down and depressed. I can't afford to feel depressed right now. And it's like, Okay, so something is going on. Uh huh. So is that, so something is going on.
1: Uh huh. So you're just bullshitting us. Uh huh. Now, part of me is going, Okay, so was that a slip? Or was that an orchestrated, acted, scripted out moment? Sure. In order to further embarrass Mauricio.
0: Or or make Sutton look like an asshole. I think that's the other thing. Yes, and. It's like, oh, you pulled it out of me and you just kept
1: pushing and pushing. And I had to admit that I'm depressed. It's like. But depressed about what is my point? Yeah. It's like, what do you mean you can't afford to be depressed right now? Right. Why? so fucking frustrating and then we get the big to be
0: continue. so we'll see the rest of this dinner party next week and sort of all the stuff to come from there uh team Sutton clearly like yeah fuck, fuck her I- <laughs> fuck Kyle um we're gonna take a quick commercial break and then when we come back we're talking the newest episode real housewives of Miami don't go anywhere <laughs>
1: welcome back to again is MB let's head on down to Florida where the theme of tonight's party seems to be fuck cancer and fuck Larsa on real Housewives of Miami
0: real Housewives of Miami for this week uh great episode as always and yeah fuck Larsa cause this isn't
1: <laughs> I mean also fuck cancer but far far, far Larsa far
0: Larsa <laughs> like God yeah we'll get into it it's it's uh oh god um we start there the... Uh, we start with the scene with Marisol at her home with uh, Steve, um, and she's she's still recovering from the basketball game, so she's in a sling because she and I, I like I get it because she was body checked really fucking hard by that guy, by the way, and she is not a young woman.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know this. This seems a lot like everybody has a case of the Adrianas. Well,
0: that's the th- I love Kiki. What like later being like I mean I guess I should have you know respected adriana a little bit more maybe it was true <laughs> but
1: i'm just saying
0: but she, i love marisol being in a sling but with like all these chanel brooches on it that she's like accessorized with it. of course she has she's like i'm self-diagnosing a broken hip spine clavicle and you know the brain's always been broken <laughs> yeah, i'm a drunk
1: <laughs> <laughs> essentially <laughs> And And if I look at that letter I got last year, also my liver's having problems. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And then Kiki comes in in a walker, like just full on... Something about Kiki in a walker was very jarring to me. Um... They start talking about, like, everything that happened, uh, especially on the bus. And Marisol's like, yeah, the minute that Adriana got on the bus and had her sunglasses on. And Kiki's like, yeah, she was, like, war ready. She was ready to fight. And then Marisol's like, all about being flatulent. Got, because of her flatulence. And then Kiki doesn't keep saying fraudulent instead of flatulent. So much so. And it gets so bad that Marisol literally breaks out a whiteboard to then be like, okay, so. <laughs> This was funny. I, I genuinely enjoyed the, like this brand of humor and and a scene with just friends of, Which again, I think also speaks to like why this show works in that it's kind of like there's mm-hmm. no set rules and it's kind of just like everyone's you know vibe, so to speak. Um, yeah, Marisol also says her confessional, like, yeah, I don't, because the fact that she keeps saying flatulence and making the point, the producer in her confessional is just like, you don't say farts? Like, you can't, and Marisol's like, I don't like that word. I mean, fuck's a really good word, but I don't say like F-A-R-T, like, no, I don't say that. It's like...
1: I don't I don't get why not. Nah. Uh,
0: Kiki uh, talks about how basically like, yeah, everyone's like checked on my foot and like, you know, you checked on me. The only one that hasn't is Larza. And she kind of talks about how like now she's starting to feel that Larza is kind of she, – she doesn't have the words to say this but like is very like codependent on Marcus and is just like so focused on being with him that she's not like focusing on her friends, which is seemingly true and like – I just like, the, I the Larsa and Mark. We'll get to it later. But it's like I feel like Larsa and Marcus's relationship is so. I don't know if fake is even the right word necessarily. It's just so surface, and like non. There's nothing there. There's it's 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 very just like plain. Like there's no like spice. There's no like you know. Oh, I really feel like you two are connected. It's just like. You two pretty people. And it's like, there's, yeah. it'd be one thing if there was something really emotional behind like this dynamic, but like, I feel it's more Larsa just being happy that she has someone.
1: Oh, no. 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 No, she's doing it to get back at Scotty.
0: Well, or that, but that's but that's what I mean. Like, but the, it's
1: not someone she picked him to get back at Scotty. Sure, y- yeah, and yeah. the reason she's pouring so much into it on camera is to make it look so impressive to piss Scotty off.
0: Sure, and I think like that's like the the specifics of that, but I'm saying in a broad sense, it's for more her status. It's for like a visual of sure. like you know uh, yeah. of her ex- having this like really interesting relationship. Um, you know. We then go to uh, Alexia and Todd and they're doing a double date with Nicole and Anthony as they're both going pizza making, Um, which it it was funny where they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to have like this fun like pizza making thing. Okay, And they start like kneading the dough and they're like, oh, we have to knead it for how long? And they're like 40 minutes. And they're like can we just like skip this part? Like <laughs> we don't have the time. Like we're filming a scene. It was almost like, we were, like we're filming a scene for housewives. Like we're not going to like sit and like, can we meet... fast forward this? Yeah. No, like, we're oh, though. it's done. Like can we... <laughs> Yo, can we do like, it's like the food network where you just pull the ready-made one out. Like <laughs> we we don't have time to like actually do this. Um, so they sit and talk and they, and they they start eating though. And Todd tells Anthony that he's like really appreciative that like he accepted his apology and, and everything in terms of that. And I love Anthony just going, I mean, like I emailed you because like, I thought it was like fake. (laughs) <laughs> like, like my receptionist said that like, there's a delivery for you. And she was like, literally like laughing. Cause I forgot that like, not only did he film that really awkward, like fucking seven minute video, he also sent him flowers and Godiva chocolates. Cause that was the thing in the fight. last Oh, that's right. <laughs> About like, oh, you, you know, uh, give me the good stuff or whatever. Not the cheap shit. Like, <laughs> oh my God. That really, it's really so embarrassing at the Like, I understand why Todd's embarrassed now. Like, in terms of all that stuff. Um, Alexia says that uh, she'll be at the fuck cancer party, but that it's kind of weird that Julia is, like, still having it at, like, Adriana's house. You know, she doesn't know how that's going to be. But then Alexia goes, I think, you know, at that moment, you know, she had a lot – talking about Alexia, she had a lot to do with Todd, you know, not being there and that she took it, you know, in a way that was, like, personal. Like, me saying that, yeah, because you – said that she yeah. attacked your family <laughs> but she like but at nuevos horizontes like it wasn't really only her like it was like a combination so now it's like no it wasn't just adriana now it was
1: other things as well as to why todd didn't show up and it's like can you guys pick a story just like a story it, i don't care which one at this point just one story
0: yeah yeah, yeah. it's just like come on guys um uh Nicole, basically like i don't know what you know, basically with everything that's changing in terms of all that stuff. But like the truth probably lies like somewhere in the middle in terms of all that. I'm yeah. And then Alexia, it's like, you know, Martina, you know, I would be willing to have a conversation with Adri- Adriana, but I just feel like Martina's party's not the place. I don't want to cause any drama, which I actually think was pretty big of Alexia and we'll get to it later. Like I actually think she, that's a, that's the thing. I, I feel like Alexia has certain potentials to be better. Yeah. And I find like, it's more that she's getting dragged into this elsewhere, and there's just all these other factors that are, like, combining. I right. actually think she has the potential to, you know, do better. Um, so yeah, so uh, we then go to... Oh, my God. So then Larsa and Marcus are recording their podcast, their first episode of their podcast. I, Sep- Separation Anxiety with Larsa and Marcus.
1: So now it's part of your brand that you're joined to the hip.
0: Well, that's a thing. It's like... <laughs> i i can't i <sighs> so like not everyone should have a podcast i say this as podcasters this podcast has to be so bad i the way that they were like and the i felt so bad the podcast producer was literally like rolling her eyes at a certain point with how like sort of inane the conversations was and like they would just be like your face sounds so sexy yeah Let's kiss. It's like, oh my God. Like have some, like, put some energy
1: into it. Also, is it a video podcast or is it just I think audio? I think it's both. Okay. So I, I feel like because they're sitting on the same side of the table right up under each other's armpits. Right. Like there's an entire banquet table that you're sitting at. <laughs> you this that. is a 10 12 foot table. And y'all are up each other's asses over here. What is happening?
0: But Larza can't get her hands off
1: of it. It's just like so that But sit on opposite corners or something so that you can look at each other and have a conversation. Like the way that we're set up here in the studio is I'm sitting behind the desk running the soundboard, but I'm looking at Amen. Right like we have a conversation back and forth i can't imagine trying to do this con- this podcast with you sitting next to me so close that i can't move my arm right marcus literally has to lean away from her to move his arm at one point and i'm like you're too close
0: <laughs> oh god uh, the producer asked uh, larsa in the confessional have you ever have you guys ever like gotten into a big fight and larsa goes only when he thinks sometimes I'm too touchy with other guys, like I'm just a toucher, like I, I don't think he loves that. And the fact that she allegedly went off on Julia at BravoCon because Julia asked Marcus to take photos of her, and she's like, "Yeah, it's like I'm like touchy-feely on guys, but that's okay. That's just who I am."
1: Fuck off, Larsa. <laughs> like it's so performative. I'm, I'm over it.
0: Um, and the the way they keep flubbing the intro, that and we're the new host that. Oh, no. Sorry. Let's do that again. It's Larsa and Marcus, and we host the new episode. No. Uh, the, like, the podcast, like I said, the podcast producer wanted to kill herself.
1: It was so bad. Well, and it was also that there's no, like... What's the, the content? What's the content? And what's the, like, nothing that comes out of Larsa's mouth sounds genuine. Right. It sounds like she's reading words off a page. <laughs> Like, there's no believability to anything that she says. Like, she's reading the words to the intro and can't get it right, but it's all very, very much like she's reading words off of a It's like she's in eighth grade, and she got called on to read a section from the book that the class is reading, and she didn't prepare beforehand. I was the kind of person that I counted ahead and I figured out what section I was going to read, and I like read over it so that I knew what I was reading. Yeah, and then that way when I had to stand up and read, we were all good. Um, she very much seemed like she had no clue where they were in the book, and she's just going, and the new pod <laughs> cat what podcast <laughs> pod podcast she's <laughs> so bird brained it's, it's it's
0: it's beyond i can't and then she talks and basically like yeah both of our parents you know didn't really want us to be together but then they've softened we got together for thanksgiving and it got better and then the producer just asked the question which is like did you see michael me michael jordan and Laura says like i'm not going to talk about him no nah, it's like what is the point if you're not going to talk about michael jordan
1: like what is the fucking point you literally just mentioned that his parents softened you you know that Michael Jordan is the, his dad but right? they
0: always talk they talk about it in such like a they, I, she wants us to act as if it doesn't happen like, like like as if there's no like these outside factors that are is the reason why this relationship is so weird like you know what I mean like she like yeah our parents just it's, it's hard you know they you know why is it hard tell us why it's hard also we know we,
1: why can we talk about the age gap
0: Oh, yeah. She's like, They're, we're not that far different. And then they show, like, the fucking...
1: It, she, he's,
0: like, 30... 16
1: years difference.
0: Yeah, he's, like, 32. She's,
1: like, 48. Yes. Like, ugh, girl... How is she 48 and she acts like she's 12? Because
0: she's never had to, like... Like, she was very, at least, and and I'm not being judgmental. This is what she presented, I would say, on on her time on the show. She was very much the quintessential housewife doing whatever Scotty needed her to do, like, ran the household, like, didn't ask questions, like, you know, was very, like, just like, I'm... Presenting as your loving wife. She did that for years upon years upon years. And then now... And then she didn't really develop. And then she got with the Kardashians. And then, like, that's not gonna... Like, like it's not... The, she's never had the opportunity to, like, grow
2: in any way.
1: But I don't... I feel like that's an excuse, though. Because... There's plenty of people... Who are stay-at-home wives and mothers? Right, but who I mean develop.
0: Right, no, no, no. But I mean more in terms of like when you are Scotty Pippen's wife, and you have to be in the limelight constantly. It's very much like a you're you're next to him on red carpets. You're sta- like it's the it's all about presentation. It's all about that. That's at least the which
1: the which she is portrayed. But like find a person i'm sure they have personalities on amazon somewhere right (laughs) like order one if it doesn't fit return it get a new one like i don't i don't understand like i just like get a couple brain cells to rub together and a personality right that's all you really need yeah
0: um, we go then to uh, Julia, who's picking up Adriana, to go to her first uh, ketamine treatment because she is doing the psychedelics for the purposes of therapy. I love her. the flashback to her explaining this to Julia and Adriana going, there's this new treatment on the market. It's called ketamine. And I'm like, ketamine's existed for, like, decades, girl. <laughs> this new treatment. It's I not mean, new. I get that it's being used now for, like, different purposes, but, like yeah and I actually think it's pretty valid, like I think if you're yeah when they were actually showing it like when you're in like a safe environment and like right. you know there's not you're not gonna be you know off the wall tripping right like and gonna be in a you know spiral in a k hole like y- it could be you know effective in certain regards right um so, but just the way it was being described. Uh, but Adriana talks about how she just basically wants to knock out the sadness and bring the old her back. And she feels like she, you know, hasn't, you know, she's been through a lot with like her father passing away and her brother and then also going through the divorce and now she's an empty nester. And so it's been like, she is looking to find her old self back basically. Um, they go over in the car, like the party information for Julia's party and Julia's like, I guess, you know, we need to, you know, make a phone call to Marisol and Adriana's like, well yeah so we decided you know not to do what was done with to alexia so go ahead make the phone call like like adriana just like not like happy about it whatsoever like she can you could tell she's really pissed at julia and then julia <laughs> julia calls to invite her and marisol's like that's really nice julia and then adriana whispers to uh julia let her know it's at my house let her know and so she's like yeah, so, like, the important part about it is um, it, it is going to be at Adriana's house. And then Marisol just goes, okay, so, well, tomorrow I have a medical procedure. And then I have to, like, go and lay down after that. And <laughs> I just... Fully committing to, like, you know, accepting the invitation. And then just like, oh, by the way, I have this medical procedure.
1: <laughs> I just... It's, to me, it was shady that Julia didn't immediately say that Adriana was there
0: i mean sure i i I...
1: to me it was akin to you know like doing the the three-way call but you don't tell the other person it's a three-way call
0: right but i don't think i think they want i think here's the thing i think marisol acts up around adriana is more the thing i don't think it's that she was thinking like adriana was like i don't think marisol was going to talk shit around around about adriana necessarily i think she was probably going to act better
1: fair, but it's not fair to Marisol.
0: I guess. But what, what's fair in Housewives? <laughs> At the end of the day. I guess. Um, Adriana goes, that's such bullshit. She was ready to come until you told her. Julia it's like, I mean, like, I, I give her the benefit of the doubt, and, and Adriana goes, come on, Julia. She gives you a bullshit excuse, and you buy it. You're gullible. And I'm like, okay, Adriana, like, don't, like, distance from, like, your one friend right now in this group. Like, literally, Julia has had your back and kind of, like, you know,
1: defended you. Julia's like, the only one that is keeping them from shoving you off a cliff somewhere. Yeah.
0: My, Adriana's like, are you here to defend Marisol or accompany me to a session to deal with the trauma that
1: Marisol has caused me? <laughs> Name one of the, th- the four things that you mentioned as the things that you need to get past. Well, That was Marisol's fault. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Ma- did Marisol kill your dad? No. What about your brother? No. She attacked Marisol my flatulence. It's really traumatic. Marisol also didn't cause your divorce or cause your child to grow up and move out of your house. Right. So the four things that you say are traumatizing to you that you need to get past. Had nothing to do with Marisol. So get over yourself. (laughs) Julia
0: goes, I'm not defending her. I'm saying I got my answer. I'm not staying in it. I'm moving on. Like Julia is basically like, we can't just like be bitter about this. Like it's like. Well,
1: and she's also saying, I'm not fighting
0: your battle for you. Yeah. I'm not doing that anymore. Audra, they they park at the doctor's office and Audra goes, well, after this conversation, God knows I need some ketamine. (laughs) They they walk in and they visit Dr. Wiener or it wasn't it wasn't Wiener, but it was spelled Wiener like I just yeah. she, she's Dr. Wiener to me. um And she explains like the process about how it's very controlled and stuff like that. So they give her the injection. The, she has like the glasses on and the headphones. <laughs> and this was I mean, it starts. Here's the thing. It starts really funny. And and then
1: turns dark so fucking fast.
0: She's like, oh, I'm floating, and, like, I see, you know, colors and, like, sort of all this stuff. And it's just, like, general, like, oh, I'm high, and it's Uh funny sort of thing. Um, But then it does get really dark. Like, she starts to see her brother, and she's, like, reaching out to her, and then she starts to... She keeps saying, like, I should have gone first, like, which is just like, oh. Like, oh, my God. Fuck. And then she, like, cuts out of it. Like, she... Get through the the K hole uh, after, and she just is viscerally crying. Like it's oh, just yeah. like it really. It felt very genuine, actually, and like just like it very raw and immediate. And like yeah, so uh, I've I've heard from people that have done that stuff that that is very common. Like that that can happen. Which again, if it's controlled, I think it's also of a. a, a So a way that can be very healing for people that can't – that normal therapy, it's not, like, the way in which to achieve Mm -hmm. such things, you know. I think it can be very powerful. Um, We then see them all go to this, like, big yacht party uh, because it's Formula One weekend in Miami. I love Lisa describing – so, like, no one's really there for, like, the Formula One races. They're there for the scenes and the parties and the hookers and all of that. (laughs) like that's the only I, she, I love it. just like I don't care about race cars like please like, also give me drinks
1: also there's a fourth item on that list that you know is the reason that people are there that you're just not mentioning coke oh well sure but we can't say that on bravo no I know but it's just like you could hit at it you know, we all know.
0: Yeah. Larsa is like hanging on Marcus and Kiki's like getting really annoyed that like she's doesn't have anyone when like Marcus and Jody are there. And she's like, I'm just hanging out with my friend Marcus, like vocalizing this. And so Larsa's is getting annoyed. Larsa goes, I hung out with my friends for five years. At this point, I want to be with my boyfriend. So Kiki needs to find a boyfriend if she wants to have all these nights out. Basically being like. I, like, that's such a fucked up thing to say in your confessional. I'm sorry.
1: Like, like at, on one hand, I understood at the first, it was like, she had me at the, at first she had me and then she lost me because at first it's like, well, yeah, I, sorry, I want to be with my boyfriend. Like, you need to get over that. right? But it also then to go from there to, well, then you just need to find somebody, because you're a fucking loser because you don't have a boyfriend. It's like, girl. Yeah. Really? <laughs> That's where you are going from here? Okay. Um, Lisa
0: is telling them that, like, you know, I. They, they get to a different side of the boat. She's like, yeah, so I was at this event before and I was talking to Gertie there. Um, and I had said, like, babe, I want to be there for you. And she kind of went off on me. And then we see the flashback to it. And I'm like, oh, God, of course, Lisa spilled the fucking beans about this whole. Well, somebody needed to. Yeah. Thank God, because it's going to get things moving. And I think Gertie needs to know about this like, yeah. to rip into Lars's ass. We flash can back, and Lisa's going, I'm not going to say who or what or how, but I found out that you're having a problem. And Gertie goes, what are you talking about? You need to give me all the details. Lisa's like, I'm not giving you all the details. Gertie goes, so I can't give you all the answers then. Like, you're either going to tell me who it is or, like, yeah, like, good for Gertie. <laughs> and then Gertie's like, I
1: just, but Gertie knows who it is. She's like, right, but she needs her to say it.
0: Yeah. She, she uh, tells basically, she's like, it's Larsa, right? And G- at least, like, I'm not going to say it. It's like, it's Larsa. And Gertie's like, I tested someone because I knew that they wouldn't keep their fucking mouth shut. Like, they, like I knew Larsa was going to sing like this. Lisa's like, there's no ulterior motives here. And Gertie's like, not from you. I'm not saying, but like, fuck Larsa. Like, fuck her. Like, it's so, like, what more response should Gertie have other than fuck Larsa in terms of this?
1: I'm just, I'm frustrated that nobody that she told at that party, nobody said, you shouldn't be telling us this.
2: Yeah. Nobody
1: said...
0: This is kind of fucked this up. This is
1: fucked up. You shouldn't be talking about this. Like, does Gertie know you're telling us this? Right. Like, no, at no point in there was there concern about sharing this information. Yeah. And whether that was appropriate. So fucked up.
0: Like, I, and, and, and you gotta, yeah, they gotta say something. Uh, Larsa, uh, well, Lisa then tells Larsa that, you know, basically like Gertie knew it was you and that she was set that she said it as a test. Of course, Larsa doesn't understand because there's not, there's not two pennies to rub together in her brain. And she's like, I don't have time for tests. She needs to grow up. (laughs) And then she basically is like, goes off and just goes on this tangent that it's a like, Oh my God, stop talking. She's like, You're not supposed to be getting upset, screaming. That's not good for you. You're not supposed to be drinking. When we sat, she said, I'm going to have a drink or two. I said, you're not supposed to be drinking. And everyone's looking at her like, okay, where are you going with this? And then she just explicitly says her confessional, like, do you have cancer? Do you like not have cancer? Who tests cancer? That's crazy to me. I'm (sighs) What more can you say? What more can you say other than this bitch is. She's unsavable. Like, <laughs> like, like, like the fact that she is in media at this point in like red carpet still being like, like, you know, I don't, I just don't like Gertie. And like, you know, I tried to be there for her and I did the right thing and not taking any accountability for this, by the way, at all. And then to just also be like, oh, by the way, like, it just seemed weird that like, you know, she was drinking and like, it's like, you fucking dumbass. Like, she. Drinking only affects when you're actually in the midst of treatment.
1: I I missed the part where um where Larsa had a medical degree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where where she was an oncologist.
0: <laughs> when she was even Gertie's specific doctor. Like
1: Like I or or like she was a cancer research somebody because the Cancer Research Institute Says that regular drinking, when you are actively going under treatment, because I, we looked this up. Yeah. Just to um, be perfectly sure. To be perfectly sure before we came on here and roasted her ass. Um, and the Cancer Research Institute, I think, is what it was, right? Is that what I told you? I think so, yeah. Um, said that if you are actively in treatment, and you are regularly drinking multiple drinks in a sitting, pretty regularly, that's a problem. Right. And can reduce the effectiveness of your treatment. Number one, Gertie has not had any treatment yet, I don't think. Yeah. She still needs to have her lumpectomy. And or did she, she already have no, that? No, she hasn't had that yet. And then she'll be on okay.
0: radiation and then possibly chemo.
1: Right. So she's going to have her lumpectomy and then she'll be like. Stupid. Stupid. It's stupid. It's, stupid. it's, stupid. it's, it's so stupid. But she's even, a fucking moron. But she's a fucking, then, fucking moron. But even then, a drink is fine. Yeah. It's when you sit down and have rounds of drinks right
0: there's no there's no point there's no point in expanding it it really there really is no point fuck lost she's fucking terrible (laughs) sorry
1: someone yeet her off the peninsula of florida yeah uh we get
0: adriana is getting ready for her fuck uh cancer party and she's getting everything set up um it actually looks pretty nice in terms of like the setup and stuff like that um russell is talking with gertie as she's getting her makeup done uh, and Gertie has already put out the Instagram statement basically announcing to the world that she has cancer. But basically it's like sh- I, I had to post, you know, to tell my truth on my own because, like, you know, you have fucking TMZ Larsa out here, like, fucking spreading all the shit. And Gertie, I think, lays it out exactly right in the confessional, which is like, what if my kids didn't know or my family? And, like, what if it did get leaked, leaked to the press somehow? Like, that's just so fucking reckless to do. It's – it's Right. It's, it's – uh, and and Russell's like wanting her to calm down because he doesn't want her to be too upset because I mean I'm just yeah. because you're going through a lot too because it's like crazy. Um, everyone they're still getting set up. Julia's rehearsing by the piano for the opera, and I love the shot of just all the birds and the trees just dispersing as she like hits the high note on the opera. It did, was cinematic. Did, did she hit the high note? I guess close enough. It's fine.
1: It sounds like she's choking
0: roosters (laughs) martina will love it it's fine um i do want to note um the fashions were great this party oh yeah and i really think they're doing better than beverly hills in terms of that department yeah i thought julia looked great in that like red busty like um, oh yeah like um uh, Carmen, what what did uh, Martina say? Like Carmen, um, Miranda oh, look. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicole, I thought was also very stunning in the black. I thought Gertie looked the best. I th- that blue that 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 really like baby blue with like the cape. Yeah, and, like the mm-hmm. like, again, girls, you're fucking delivering. It's fantastic. Um, Alexia shows up and is talking to Gertie on the couch, and Gertie's thanking her for calling her to check on her. Alexia's like, I will say, I did already know. <laughs> because Larson <Right>. told me <laughs> and Gertie's like what I'm not happy with is the fact that I wasn't able to tell you myself and Alexia's like I don't want you to be upset but Gertie's like here's the thing but she needs to be corrected period right like she's gonna get set straight at the end of the day Um, Gertie tells Alexia that she specifically told her in confidence, like because Alexi is like, with you, you, what wasn't like a miscommunication. She's like, no, it was pretty fucking explicit. Like yeah. I said, like <laughs> there's no mis- miscommunication with this. And Alexi even says her professional, like I wouldn't like it. Like I'm the kind of friend that if you tell me not to say something, I will not say it. So as much as I agree that they should have corrected her at the point, like. I I think they probably honestly didn't even know fully at that point when Alexia, when Larsa was just like spelling it the way that she was, that they would like be like, is Gertie okay with it? They probably should have asked, but like, I would have said something, I guess, but it's just like, uh, yeah um it's 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 just bad just really fucking bad
1: honestly i'm the kind of person who probably would have immediately stepped away and called gertie yeah not to tattle but to check on her Yeah. because the second i learned that news about my friend i'm going oh crap i need i need to know i need to talk to her right. i need to know she's okay like the first thing i'm doing is checking it on my friend i'm not holding on to this for days right. fuck you
0: um, Nicole is saying, you know, look, look, even if Gertie didn't say it to keep it in confidence, it's personal enough to where like common sense would say, I'm yeah. not going to say anything. Like it didn't have to be explained explicitly to Larsa. Larsa has no common sense. Yeah. And, uh, Alexi's like, I just want you to know, to trust me when, you know, she did say it from like a place of concern. And then Nicole just goes, but like, did she really feel bad? Because like when she called me, she said like, what's going on with Gertie? Is it real? Because Lisa told me she was testing me, and I don't know what that means. Is she testing because I don't? It's not real. And now Gertie's like, okay, so now it's like not just that you're fucking violating my trust. Literally, you're questioning my cancer, and right, the, uh, there's no going back at this point. No, absolutely not. It,
1: it's about to be scorched earth.
0: Yeah, uh, Martina arrives uh, as the special guest, and she has her little dog in her purse, and it it, it, was, it was cute. Um, uh, Alexia, like Adriana, greets everyone, and Alexia's like, Your house is really beautiful. It's, it's, and it felt genuine on Alexia's part. She's like, I'm not gonna cause issue. It's, you know, a party for Martina. I'm gonna be nice, and like, yeah, credit her for that. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, Nicole then asked if Lisa's coming, and they're like, Why? Like, why wouldn't she come? And she's like, Well, I mean, there's that article out, and I guess it got plastered out that Lenny was basically claiming that Lisa put a listening device in his car to like which he had said in that page 6 like comment right. thread that Jody did it or whatever um i loved Alexia being like yeah it was something about like he lent her the car like trying to be nice and Nicole goes when is Lenny nice
1: yeah, literally. Like, <laughs> like, like that was the first indication that this was a bullshit story.
0: Yeah, it's it's. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if Lenny like tries to like frame her in some way. Like that. Oh would, yeah, that makes infinitely more sense in my. In the my man opinion. is a scumbag. Yeah, but I also love when Nicole's like, I don't know, I just don't see like Lisa being that person, and Kiki in her confessional being like, a woman scorned, they'll do just about anything, and I'm like, are you speaking from experience?
1: But I feel also, like you are. But then also, who was it that was saying, I can't imagine her getting down on the ground in her Louis Vuitton. Yeah, Nicole, Nicole's like that. <laughs> and she's right. I can't imagine that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Larsa arrives, and Gertie is like, like, hot, like, light kiss like on the cheek, but like, basically, like, paying her desk for the most part. Um, because she's like, it's, you know, Matinis event. Uh, they asked Larsa about Lisa, and she's like, yeah, like, Jody texted Marcus saying that, like, they were coming, so they should be here at some point. Nicole goes, I don't think Lisa's capable of doing that, but it could be, like, real criminal charges if, like, that's the case. Gertie's then, it's like, now, now with the gossip, guys. Let's move on. And Larsa goes, what? And Gertie goes, I'm not talking to you. Like, <laughs> like don't fucking start with me, bitch. Like, don't, like, like don't
1: do not get in my ass just sit over there and shut the fuck up
0: yeah and Larson just goes why
1: are you so angry which her saying that to gertie also is like it would be one thing if she wasn't aware that gertie knows that she told everybody about her cancer right but bitch knows she's known for several days yeah i i just i don't how do you not know why she's upset?
0: And she can't, she can't, uh, it's like there's no arguing with her. It's so bad. Like, it's like she can't, like, when you can't, when you don't have common sense, how do you argue with that person? You don't. It's like, it's like arguing with a toddler. You just push them into a volcano. Yeah. Adriana, they all do a toast, and Adriana's like, Guys, like, it's about Martina. And Gertie goes, Absolutely. And then I love it as they're toasting, Gertie goes, Drinking is not on my doctor's not to do list either, so I will have a sip. And like, (laughs) she's like, I will get this dig in, (laughs) (laughs) fucking moron. Um, but then they're like, guys, Lisa's still not here. Like, larsa can you like Facetime her? Like, you're the closest to her. And larsa's like, Are you on your way? And Lisa is still at the house and is like, Yeah, like the police just came to my house. And they're like, What? (laughs) Like, what's going? Like, and everyone's like freaking out. Like, and that's a big sort of like cliffhanger. God, they, this show really, they, they, like, I will, I, I I gotta give them a lot of credit, as much as we have shit on Larsa this this episode, yeah. but, like, and in terms of character-wise, they've cast it so well on Miami, like, oh, yeah. in terms of just people with, like, shit, have, like, there's police at people's houses, you know, people are, li- are, you know, being malicious about cancer, they're, like, you know, doing all this crazy shit, one's on ketamine, one's, you know, fucking in a sling, like, it's, like, they really are doing some great work on Miami yeah. at the end of the day. I think it's one of the most entertaining franchises and yeah, really credit to them.
1: All right. Let's get into these tops and bottoms. Uh, we got uh Salt Lake. We got Beverly Hills. We got Miami. What are you thinking, babe?
0: Um, I'll start with my bottom. Uh, <laughs> It's gotta go, to me, it's got to go to Kyle. I was genuinely Ugh. like, I've never been, I, no, nah, I won't say I've never been. It's been a while since I was this angry at a character, and like Kyle definitely gave me that. I just find her to be just so unendearing in terms of the way that she conducts herself. And I think like there is a natural ability to her, for her to come off sympathetic this season because of what's happening with her and Mauricio. I would have, in like, if you asked me like 10 years ago, five years ago, mm-hmm. like the idea of this like culmination of like that marriage would be a very heart-wrenching thing and it just is marred by the way that kyle's conducting herself mm-hmm. in, particularly in terms of with sutton i just don't th- i i she's not a friend she's not somebody who you can really trust in terms of like uh, your emotions like in the way she'll either manipulate them or just outright dismiss them um it's just really nasty and and also the way that she weaponized uh, the ideas of alcoholism and eating disorders. I just cannot get behind it. It's just really fucking gross at the end of the fucking day. It's, it, it, it really turned my stomach in many ways, uh, her actions this episode. Um, yeah. So that's uh, my bottom, my top. I'm going to give to Sutton, um, because she handled all that shit and <laughs> handled it very fucking well. I feel and took it to Kyle and didn't back down in many ways. And like, Kind of called her out for being heartless and being an asshole, and um, I'm glad that I'm like I said for the last couple of weeks. I'm glad Kyle that Sutton is very realizing, much realizing that Kyle is not her friend and has never been her friend. And um, like I said, the gloves are now off, and Kyle er, and Sutton can do whatever she wants with this old yeah Kyle Mauricio stuff. And I'm not gonna feel bad, but like, yep. I'm just not <laughs> like go go Sutton.
1: Um. What about you, babe? What are your tops and bottoms? I'm starting with my bottom, and it's got to go to Larsa. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I it just. I know. I think we talked about it last week too. It's just. It's so egregious. It's so nasty, and like to me, it's very hard for me to believe this shtick of blaming it on being stupid. Like you said that. Yeah. I just. I can't imagine this level of stupidity and this like either she has like a three IQ or she is putting on this persona as an excuse to be evil. Right. There are more people who do the latter than are the first. I just, I don't know that I believe it. And I also don't know that the Kardashians would allow someone that stupid to be around them. Because they're, say what you will about the Kardashians, they're some smart bitches. They know what the fuck they're doing. Like, they are very savvy in many, many ways. And for Larsa to have gotten into that group, she kind of would have to also have some of that savvy. And she's acting like she is the stupidest thing on planet earth right and i just i don't understand that i i i don't buy it I, nobody is that fucking stupid like i just i there's no excuse period end of story you're a bitch own it <laughs> at it, least own that shit right because yeah. then i can be like okay at, at least you understand at least you're owning the fact that you're a rancid cunt. But she's not even doing that. She's not even doing that. I can't even give her credit for, for standing in that truth. There, there's nothing to give her. There's no redemption. There's no redeeming qualities about her. Right. That's it. Um, my top for the <laughs> week um, is going to be Whitney. Yeah, like, Yeah. I felt she handled everything this week with such grace. And that is one of the most difficult things to go through is to watch someone that you love slowly deteriorate like that. And to deal with that on camera mm. is, I I don't know how she did it. And honestly, there's clearly a strength to her that has not previously been shown um, and as much as I hate why we are seeing that strength i'm glad we're getting to see it I'm glad that we are getting to see a side to her that is new after four seasons right like it's it's rare to see something new come out about someone's character, yeah um, so that to me is um it's nice to see because sometimes she can come off as being very vapid and very uh hairbrained almost and i think she doesn't get the credit that she deserves for what she's been through and for how she has stayed for the most part positive through all of it yeah um so i don't know it to me, it was just very commendable and clearly going through a very, very difficult time and um, to be that vulnerable and to deal with that on camera is um something that the rest of us have never had to deal with. So maybe take a step back before you come at her and accuse her of using it as a storyline
0: yeah that's been really frustrating to see at least in some parts it's like guys like take the housewives brain off and like actually like
1: (laughs) like at the end of the day these are people going through very stressful situations and you would not have handled it as well as she has hey thanks for tuning into this episode of a
0: gay and his envy join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on
1: all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And And we're we're out.
0: out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.